Center 11. It's 38 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. The 2018 Winter Olympics came to a close last night, and Russian spies are said to be behind a cyber attack during the opening ceremonies. A Washington Post report says U.S. intelligence officials can confirm Russians tried to make the hack look like it was started by North Korea. Olympic officials acknowledged the attack but wouldn't name the party responsible for it. Police in North Huntington say they were searching overnight for someone involved in a police incident. Police say it all began in the 14,000 block of Roberta Drive. Police were using a helicopter to help in the search, so uh, if you were in North Huntington and wondering what was going on, that's it. Crime scene tape was spotted around a home in the area. February officially a rainfall record breaker entering yesterday. Pittsburgh International uh, measured 6.97 inches of rainfall in February. The previous record was 6.52 inches set in 1887. Since the beginning of 2018, the airport has measured 11.25 inches of rain. That is 6.42 inches higher than normal. Eating veggies may be good for the mind and the body. A new study found that a diet of vegetables, fruit, and whole grains was linked to lower rates of depression. The study looked at older people over the course of six years and found people eating vegetables and avoiding red meat were 11% less likely to suffer from depression. We've said this before, even though you're not driving a vehicle, you can still get busted for DUI. The CHP, uh, that's California Highway Patrol, says a Placentia, California man was arrested Saturday after riding a white horse on the freeway in Long Beach. (laughs) Officers got a call about 1 a.m. that a man was on a horse on uh, the eastbound 91. The Highway (laughs) Patrol found the rider after he got off the freeway and headed for a nearby town. Luis Perez was soon arrested on suspicion of drunk driving. The horse was not harmed and released to his mother. Incidentally, Saturday was his 29th birthday. So out celebrating. <laughs> was the horse sober? I think the horse was. <laughs> I don't see the problem. <laughs> yeah, damaged. what's the what's the issue? He's just trying to ride off into the sunset. Black Panther continuing its run of box office success. The Disney Marvel movie brought in $108 million in its second weekend. It's brought in $400 million domestically over the first 10 days of its release and an additional $304 million internationally. Black Panther now the highest grossing film ever released in the month of February, finishing in a very distant second uh pulling in just 17 million dollars was game night after that it's peter rabbit annihilation and 50 oh annihilation got annihilated wow oh man yeah neil young is famously anti-multinational corporations anti-everything in a new post on his archive site he's taking aim at google he angrily bashed the tech giant for continuing to rip off the artist community while building its wealth on music's back and paying nothing to the artist. He finished his tirade by promoting his own Neil Young Archives project and his X-Stream streaming service. And finally, Yes is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year, and it appears as if a member, uh, as if members of the band are gearing up to mark the milestone. The progressive rock band featuring vocalist John Anderson, guitarist Trevor Rabin, and keyboardist Rick Wake have hinted at uh, doing a tour to celebrate the anniversary, but so far just three UK dates have been confirmed. The group will perform June 12th in Newcastle, the following night in York, and June 17th at Stone Free Festival in London. The band has also floated the idea of recording a studio album, but so far no concrete plans have been announced. And later today, I will have uh, a big concert announcement. Mm. <clears throat> it's not yes. <laughs> it's oh, just, just to clear that up. No. <laughs> uh, so it's a no on yes. It's no on yes. 
Uh, Spring-like today. Sunny temperatures in the low 50s. Dropping to 32 overnight tonight. It's 38 degrees I mean, at DVE. If we get DVE morning show. Yeah, uh, it would have been George Harrison's 75th birthday yesterday, I believe, right? I think so, yes. So it does strike me that his album, All Things Must Pass, is so insanely good because it was all of these Beatles songs <laughs> that they wouldn't let him record with the Beatles. You know, they weren't, they were songs he wrote while he was with the Beatles, mm-hmm. I should say. Mm-hmm. They could have become Beatles songs. But I think the result was they ended up having his unique sound, which he was able to foster. It was like the best thing that ever happened to him was the Beatles not actually publishing that stuff because mm-hmm. it allowed him to create his own image. So he goes in to record All Things Must Pass. I mean, think about that band, though. Clapton, Billy mm-hmm. Preston, and Bobby Whitlock, and Klaus Vorman. And it, it was just a ridiculous band, but... Again, I know I've been talking about it a lot, but the Eric Clapton documentary is just so remarkable to me, and I keep watching it every time because it filled in so many blanks in the stories we knew about Eric Clapton. He was fairly reluctant to talk about himself up to this point, and I think he really feels like with his, um, what is it called that he has? Where Because uh, he can't play much anymore. Yeah. It's that like, it's like shock, nerve. the nerve pain. Mm-hmm. Some diabetics get it. At any rate, uh, so I think he feels like, well, I better get the story out there. But the story about George Harrison's friendship and how it was affected or not affected by Eric falling in love with his wife, that I was watching that again yesterday. I mean, Clapton is best friends with George Harrison, and he leaves basically to go record this album, which is a love song to George Harrison's wife. Mm-hmm. Now, he'd already expressed his love for her. And... <laughs> He writes this album, which is just dripping with passion about being in love with somebody that he can't have, who's who's who is also not happy because she's not right with the right person. And, and George that, is cheating on her. George is cheating on her. And George cheated on everybody. George never. George was not monogamous, which is another remarkable thing about George. In looking back at him in the documentary Martin Scorsese produced for HBO. Oh, yeah, that's great. There's this just, like, understanding that his last wife had. She's like, and you can see how much it bothered her. How could this guy who was so centered, so peaceful, also be so selfish? Like, he demanded the ability to be like, hey. He was spreading love. If I want (laughs) to knock it around, I'm knocking around. That's what I believe in. But, you know, it seemed like he was on the open about that. Yeah, I mean, if you're open about it, I mean. Still. But it, it's it, sort of like a disclaimer when you come into a relationship. Hey, just so you know, I do this. But doesn't it de- like make you think, if you're Patty Harrison Boyd, okay, are you mad? Does, or not mad, but does it kind of irk you somehow that they stayed best friends and you're on the outs and the whole thing? You're like, what did I do? <laughs> right. These guys are best friends and I don't get to be a part of any of it anymore because they both were in love with me. This sucks. God, I wish I wish there was like video footage if there would be of like a listening party for that album with George and his wife and like <laughs> Well, she she he played it for her. Clapton played it for Patty and she's listening to it and she was mortified cuz she she thought everybody thought it was going to be about her. 
which anybody who knew him knew that's who mm-hmm. it was about. But I think his girlfriend at the time even said you could see the longing looks in his eyes when he yeah. would look at her. But then George Harrison basically finds out about it and he goes to Patty Harrison while they have that, that now legendary meeting in the garden of some super posh London party full of all kinds of celebrities, the Stones, the Beatles, etc. And he says, I love your wife, man. And then George Harrison just stares at him for a second and looks at his wife and goes, well, are you going with him or are you coming with me? And she's like, uh, I'm coming with you. What are you talking about? He's like, all right, let's go. And uh, then they go. And uh, he's like, yeah, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, you're, you're uh, CT's in Eric Clapton. He's my friend. Don't, what are you doing? That <laughs> blames it on her. Clapton teasing. And she's like, <laughs> I didn't do anything. You're never around. You cheat on everybody. And your best friend will not stop telling me how much he's in love with me. <laughs> and Clapton's like, you know what? Uh, I wrote this album for you. If you're not going to leave him and come now, it's never going to happen. And she's like, I'm not leaving him. And he's like, great. I'm going to go into a heroin phase. <laughs> All right. I'm going to kick into that. Maybe somewhere around the back end of things. If you ever want to get the Clapton, you give me a call, (laughs) and I'll give it to you. So he does. He goes and he becomes this horrible alcoholic, but post-heroin, and he's gone. They get together years later, but he and George stay friends the whole time. Can you imagine any other scenario in any other world where they would stay friends forever? And here's Patty Boyd Harrison just going, WTF, I didn't do anything, and I'm not allowed to go to the parties anymore. I don't know. Maybe she should, you know, feel like she got to to hang with some of the greats. Yeah. You know, maybe not look at it like, how am I on the outs? It's like, wow, at least I got to get in for a little bit. <laughs> Clapton has peripheral neuropathy. That's it. So it's, again, in celebrating George Harrison's what would have been his 75th birthday, which keep in mind, that's Donnie's birthday right now. Donnie yes, Ars is 75. Right. Um. George Harrison definitely missed, no doubt about it. And uh, I'm sure he would have been still hanging out with Eric Clapton these days, which is just insane to me. (laughs) Think of your best friend. Think about telling him that you you were in love with his wife. Imagine being his best friend still. It would never happen. Yeah, but, you know, none of my best friends were the the Beatles. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) You know, Clapton played on this with George Harrison. While he was totally immersed in infatuation and in love with his wife from All Things Must Pass, What Is Life, DVE. Oh, yeah, what is life? What is life, George Harrison? Would have been 75 yesterday. You know, we'll continue with a little, you know, that song makes me think of Goodfellas. Featured in that. To, uh, as as well as another Harrison crony, Harry Nilsson jumped in, jumped into the fire. I have a jump into the fire type of checking the for the helicopter, stirring the sauce. <laughs> Henry Hill story coming up for you, involving a Polish cow. That's not like in the Urban Dictionary. Oh, <laughs> just so you know, and it's not a dumb cow. Mike is off uh, today, awaiting his uh, first grandchild. I like that. Hey. Exciting. I like that. That's awesome. Uh, so Tim Benz is coming in to fill you in on what's going on with the Penguins as GMJR continues to deal some aces here, bringing Derek Broussard to the Pens. But, but is he done? Is he done? 
He's not done. GMJR's probably not done. All right, what does this mean for the Pens going forward here? Who uh, They split over the weekend. Saturday night, they got robbed, I thought, but uh, uh, Benzie will speak more to that coming up here. Well, GMJR, by the way, does not think they got robbed on that Hornquist goal. No. He said, ah, that's the rule. If that's what they think happened, that's what happened. I'm busy. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, all right, sports. Uh, coming up next, DVE. It is the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman, along with Bill Crawford, Val Porter. Pursuit is off today. Ben's filling in. Tim Benz with your sports. Joe Rokigi producing the show today. Uh, over there in Poland. Over there in Poland. You know, over there. Over there in Poland. There's this cow that broke free from the pack and found a a, uh, a, a group of bison, all right? A herd, I guess is what you call them, Val. That sounds right. The cow thought it could escape its fate if it blended in with the bison. And that it did. The bison <laughs> accepted this cow. So this cow just starts hanging out with the bison like, nothing to see here. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm just like you guys. I don't know if the cow realizes that, you know, a lot of people eat bison, but uh, maybe the cow is uh, trans. He identifies as a bison. Maybe. <laughs> so that cow, some were wondering, may have been starting a cow revolution of sorts. You see, because on the other side of the country, in southern Poland, another cow emerged and tried to escape from its eventual slaughter. The cow was nicknamed Hero Cow. <laughs> now, the farmer that owned Hero Cow was sending her to the slaughterhouse, and he told the workers on his farm, this farmer, Mr. Lukacs, told his workers, tranquilize that cow <laughs> before you load her on the truck. Yeah, give her some meds. The workers didn't listen, though. They're like, she's a cow. What's she going to do? They assumed Hero Cow would comply. Hero Cow did not comply. Hero Cow ran. Hero Cow ran for its hero life. <laughs> hero Cow smashed straight through a metal fence, breaking a worker's arm who tried oh to goodness. stop her. She bounded across the farm, took off running into the tree line in the distance. But unlike her, her, her cousin cow across the other side of the country, she found no friendly herds to take her in. She was on her own. She emerged from the trees at the shore of a lake. She's trapped. Oh, no. She's the pinned in. are running after her. And she has one choice. Submit to her eventual death or swim. And that's exactly what that cow did. Wow. Hero cow swam straight into the lake toward a cluster of islands. Before the farmer eventually lost sight of her, he said he saw her dive underwater. Scuba cow. I didn't know cows could do that. Now, the lake islands are tiny. There's small little islands out on this lake. There's no corn cobs, nothing to eat out there for this hero cow. Not a problem for hero cow. But there was freedom. There was freedom. So the farmhands get out to the islands. And they trap her. 
onto the island. On the island she's at. Well, they really want this cow. They want this cow. So they go after Hero Cow one more time. Didn't matter. Jumped right into the water. Swam to another island. <laughs> Hero Cow's going to be free. Crazy. So the, the farmer... Tried to get this cow back for days. Called the local fire brigade. But when Hero Cow saw their boat coming, jumped back into the water and went to another island. <laughs> Just kept swimming back and forth. You know, as cows do. So the farmer wanted to tranquilize Hero Cow. But they the veterinarian. Back, they? Yeah, well, no, they didn't. They were oh. supposed to originally, and they didn't, and it took off. So the local vet is out of this gas ammo. So <laughs> gas he's ammo. like, well, maybe I should just shoot the cow. But it's a $1,500 cow. And he's like, all right, forget it. I'm going to stop trying to catch this cow, and I'm leaving food for her. So he starts leaving food on the island. Cow's just hanging out, eating all the food, living in freedom on an island. Farmer hoped one day to get the hero cow back. And for four weeks, the cow sat in the splendor that freedom provides, happy, content, truly a free cow. That's when the name Hero Cow propped up. A local politician said, She fled heroically. If all citizens had such determination as this cow, Poland would surely prosper. Pick now it up. Look, we're still going to kill her, but wow. Pick it up, Poland. Jeez. Your politicians don't think you have the determination <laughs> of a cow. <laughs> a nearby zoo wanted to take her, but European law doesn't allow that to happen. So I've never seen a cow at a zoo. A, a yeah. local farmer had a cow sanctuary, and he offered Hero Cow refuge. Huh. So Happy ending. A veterinarian right. and the four rescuers sailed to the island with tranquilizer darts at the ready. They'd given up. They were not going to send Hero Cow to the slaughter. They were only going to save Hero Cow. And in doing so, they killed her. You Aww. see... I thought you were going to say, and in doing ending. so, they saved themselves. Hero Cow assumed, they're coming to get me. And you're not taking me alive, copper! So they, put, they pursue the cow through the foliage on a tiny island for several hours. The cow's like Rambo. Will not be found. They gave Buried her in a wall of mud. <laughs> three shots of sedative before she went down. Then they got her to shore and into a truck after they finally tripled the sedative that they would normally give her. Killed her. And wrestled the machine gun from her. <laughs> Pause. She died in the truck in transit. <laughs> Whatever it is. But the veterinarian said, that's not what killed her. She had a heart attack. Exhaustion. Assuming she was going to her death. Aww. And in fighting to be free, gave herself a heart attack shortly before she was to submit to the it's tranquilizer It's already hard darts. enough for me to eat meat. It sounds like the most cardio a cow has ever gotten. <laughs> I, I've never life. heard of a cow doing this before. I didn't know cows could swim. Thought they'd just sink right to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, as much as the farmer had tried to feed her, she didn't trust the farmer. She wasn't eating all of his food. I mean, so she was a little emaciated. But Hero Cow, a smart cow, has now become a folk hero in Poland because it represents and lunch striving (laughs) for freedom, never giving up. And boy, uh, this, I don't know. this doesn't do anything good for the uh, the Polish stereotypes. It really doesn't. <laughs> Couldn't tranquilize a cow. How many Polish guys <laughs> take to catch a cow? I mean, all you of would Poland. Think just one. Yeah, just it's a cow. One. Can Except, you eat a cow that's pumped full of tranquilizer? Well, they weren't gonna. Oh, yeah, they they weren't gonna eat them to begin with. So I'm not sure. And it would. I mean, stuffer? after she'd been swimming so long, it would have just been soggy meat. Nobody Tonight, wants soggy meat. Raise a burger to Hero Cow. For that is one badass cow who did not want to go down. Here, here, Hero Cow. Or mock the farmers. That's also something you could do. <laughs> mock the dumb farmers. <laughs> I mean, how can you not catch a cow in water? I love the fact that it kept just swimming back and forth between the islands. Oh, you're going to come on this island? No. Splash, 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 splash. Cow comes out of the water on the other one just looking at him. Because the cow has the ultimate, like, deadpan. So how funny must it have been, that cow just looking over at you from another island like, I'm over here now. <laughs> Chewing its cud. Just, just no facial expression, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're not coming to get me. Val, you've chased a lot of cows. What's coming up next? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to hear from John Bon Jovi on the possibility of Richie Sambora joining them for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Jason Mackey from The Trip joins us at 745 to talk. Brassard going to the Penguins, the uh, the end of Ian Cole's time here. He'll have to be a healthy scratch somewhere else now. And the Pens are going to need somebody to fill in uh, in that spot, though, You know, defensively. We're still waiting for GMGR to make a move. We'll talk more with Jason Mackey about that coming up at 745 on DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuit not in today. Tim Benz doing yeoman's work, getting up bright and early to fill you in on just m- mucho importante Penguin news here. I mean, this is this is big goings on here. Oh, they might they might not be done. They still might not be done, even without the deal. Derek Broussard notwithstanding, they still might have some more work to do. Where did the do. Cullen thing come from all of a sudden? The one overnight? Yeah. Well, actually, probably middle of the day yesterday, I should mm-hmm. say. Yeah, Jason Mackey wrote about that. Yeah, but that that's, the- my, that's Cullen's middle of the night, isn't it? Isn't that yeah. right when he's going yeah. to bed? Because dad has put the kids yes, to bed. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. This Is Us is over on right. DVR. Yeah, just going to, you know. <laughs> Had a warm glass of milk. Right, hit the rack early. Well, yeah, the NHL trade deadline today. Penguins may not be done. Post-Gazette reporting that Matt Cullen may still be in play as a wing for the Pens. Others, myself included, would like to see Pittsburgh pick up another defenseman since Ian Cole was moved off to Ottawa. Jim Rutherford discussed that possibility of needing to bolster the blue line after the Pens win on Friday against the Carolina Hurricanes. It's not as good when you take an Ian Cole out, but when you look at the seven guys here, we like them. We like them a lot. And and we have some guys, albeit a few of them are hurt now in Wilkesbury, but you know, our organization feels pretty strong that we have probably three or four guys there that can come in and play. So so we're comfortable with doing this. When you hear organization like that, yeah, you know it's trade deadline day. We're, yeah, we're it's about now. to go down. 
Uh, this is Jamie Alexiak, the first-year Pittsburgh Penguin. Got him from uh, Dallas not too long ago. Mid-year acquisition for them, and he says there are plenty of good D-men still on this team. Having that depth is, is huge, and I think we got a bunch of anyone can really step in the lineup and play a big role. And you know, I think um, you know Colsey proved it, and Honey proved it, and um, you know we're kind of fortunate in that aspect. We're having so many good, uh, so many good D-men that can put so much, you know, different variety and can bring different things to the team. Whoever gets acquired to play with Alexiak uh, could be his partner if things don't work out with Matt Hunwick. Six to five, Panthers won over Pittsburgh on Saturday. Hunwick, I believe, was on the ice for four of those goals allowed mm-hmm. of the six. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh next plays Tuesday against the Devils. The hope is that Broussard will be able to play, but immigration may prevent that. Remember mm-hmm. when uh, Dion Phaneuf got traded? Yep. He was still here in Pittsburgh, just hung yeah. out for a day. Yeah, that was good for him. Yeah, he just kind of chilled here until his <laughs> new team, the Kings, came to town. And he just hung out in Pittsburgh, and right up until pregame skate, they were trying to figure out if his immigration issue. He was having immigration problems, although he was here. That's how complicated it can get. So we'll see about Broussard. Yeah, it's going to sound a lot different than lower, lower body injury when he has to say, He's got immigration. He's got uh, an immigration problems. injury. He's got an immigration uh, <laughs> dealing with currently. I ass- I would just assume that Martavis Bryant has immigration issues somewhere, crossing state lines, international lines, international waters. Uh, he's, I don't know. He, he, he should interstellar. He's yeah. an alien. You wrote about him this past weekend for the trip. Today, yes. Oh, that, that yeah, last lands night. Today, into okay. Yeah. I, I read it last night, and I uh, I'd have a hard time believing they would give up on him now. Well, I'm of the belief that unless you get something significant like a player in return for him on defense or a pick better than a mid-third rounder, why not keep him? Then the value yeah. starts to come into question, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was a fourth rounder. It took him a while to figure things out before he got on the field. Right. So at this point, $705,000 for one more year, it might be worth just keeping him unless you really upgrade. So the thought is that there are teams out there that are trying to get him, based on what you've heard from the NFL Network and ESPN, Buffalo, Green Bay, Washington. The Dolphins have all been rumored. I'd suggest maybe Chicago might be looking at him as well. But Well, you but, certainly want to get him out of the conference if you can. Yeah, because what if he comes back to burn you? Um, With you know, your not-so-stellar secondary. Precisely, unless you get somebody in return who can play in the right. secondary. There was one story out there that I picked up on that, Haha, Clinton Dix might be a good fit coming in return. That is speculative. Well, it would be a perfect stealer if, for no other reason than he would join a long line, a long line of great stealer names. Haha is a good one. Yes, Clinton Dix is a phenomenal jersey. <laughs> yes, I yeah. want to see that jersey, especially if it was in the early nineties. Right. It'd yes, fit a lot better. Uh, right. Here's Martavis uh, talking on locker cleanout oh, day sure about the desire do. to stay. Man, we're just, just burning our trophy here, man. I just want to win. Uh, it's starting to chemistry all over again when you go to the team. How would you like to see your role evolve in the offense? I'm in no control of that, man. All I can do is, uh, you know, get better this offseason. Come back out to the and show them, you know, that I deserve it. Now, if the Steelers do trade Bryant, they don't keep Lev Bell or Eli Rogers. That's 153 catches and more than 1,400 yards subtracted from Ben Roethlisberger. Hmm. So that's the other part of this. If you do trade him, you are creating holes now that you have to fill when it would be, you would think, more easy to concentrate on filling the holes defensively instead of creating holes on offense. So just something to keep in mind for people that want to get him out of here for the sake of getting him out of here because they're mad at him for being suspended still. And, no, I'm uh, with you. You got to get a piece in return. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if there's value. a, a, a ha ha Clinton Dix, I think qualifies. 
Yeah. I that, mean, that's a trade that makes a lot more sense, I think, for Pittsburgh than Green Bay when it was advanced. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that sounds so good, it probably doesn't make sense for the other team, but they do have another safety they're trying to sign, and he's on his fifth year option, so they can create a little room there if they were to trade him and give some of that money to the other guy, Morgan Burnett, but we'll see. One um, thing that scares me is if AB gets hurt. Yeah, then you got Juju and no one else if you were to trade away Martavis, like I said, because you don't know if Eli's going to be back even if you want to keep him. He's going to be back on time <clears> with that ACL. So. And not to, you know, uh, uh, jinx anything, but, you know, the what year is uh, A.B. in now? Is this this A.B. seventh? Is, yeah, he is twi- uh, class of 2010, so this is his eighth year. Eighth. Going, yeah. So, it you know, not as uh, limber as he used to be and, uh, you know, Although nobody's in better shape than that guy, but uh, the way he goes across the middle fearlessly when he does, and the way he he just more than anything opens himself up to a concussion, and and his long term health would be sort of uh, the deal would be predicated on well we have a B right, uh, so there's the only potential loophole is like well but then what if you lose them then they can just smother Juju and you're. And then you're relying on whatever rookies and guys you've plucked off the scrap. The Eli Rogers of the moment. Uh, well, Col- Colbert seems to have found the sweet spot at at drafting wide receivers. Yeah, I, I have Magic a lot touch. of com- I have a lot of confidence that he could find somebody that could contribute right away. AB was a sixth rounder, so there you go. A lot of people say you don't need Juju. They got him and certainly helped the team. Uh, last thing here, uh, in case you missed this, the final at the Peterson Event Center on Saturday. 66 to 37, Virginia against Pitt. Let's talk about this. Oh my let's, let's I've got gosh. some numbers. Can I give you some numbers? Let's talk about this first half. Yes. The final at halftime, because it was a final at halftime. 30 to 7, UVA over Pitt. Pitt was That's one. That's not a football score. I've got some numbers on that too next hour. Pitt was one of its first 22 from the floor. Pitt failed to hit a two point field goal in the first half. Pitt shot 23%. Pitt has now lost 17 in a row in the ACC. And this three-second soundbite from Kevin Stalling sums up the whole season. I knew when I took the job that this was going to be a hard year. I didn't know it was going to be this hard. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out, yeah. It's every bit that hard. They're the best defensive basketball team out there in college hoops today. UVA is, but that's ridiculous. Seven points. Seven points at halftime. Seven Hey, look, congratulations. To, I, I forgot about this. Stoneman Douglas, the uh, yeah. school in Florida, mm-hmm. their high school hockey team. This is the school that had the shooting Parkland, 11 days ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Their high school won the state hockey championship in Florida. That's now, awesome. You know, state hockey championship in Florida, there might be, not be like D1 players there, but like still quite an accomplishment. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. For them to fight through all that. And they won 7 to 4 just 11 days after 17 kids were killed at their high school. So, By the way, uh, Roberto Luongo. Oh, that was great. Man, that might have been the most poignant thing I've seen an athlete say on the ice or on the field. I've never seen that happen. Ever. To take a stance like that in that state. He could have, I mean, that could have been bad for him. And he did not care. 48 hours after the shooting happened, they said they didn't want to hear the motion to get AR-15s off the books or what? I can't remember what the legislation was they were trying to get rid of. But, but Right, they didn't even they vote on they, it. They, they yeah. wouldn't even hear it. Like by a 71 to 36 vote, and then he goes out there and says, we've got to do something about it. So I say kudos to him. Yeah, I totally agree. And the way he worded it, you know, was a very rational sort of position to take. It wasn't hyperbolic. And he was, yeah, he was just pleading 
for people to listen, and I thought that was uh, extremely impactful, as much or more so than anything I've seen an athlete do. And I think his kids before are in a game, like that school system. I think yeah. is where yeah. his kids go, and if I yeah. remember correctly, Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs. Yes. I think yep. he went to high school there. Yeah, he donated a bunch of money there. So, uh, well done by Roberto Luongo. Pat, did you see that the Pens got robbed on Saturday night? Oh, because of the overturned goal? Yeah. Rutherford said he's... Well, Rutherford's a goalie. Remember, Rutherford's an old goalie. <laughs> so he said he's okay with that. The pushing, that's a classic Patrick Hornquist goal. That's the kind of play Patrick Hornquist, if he's not here next year, we're going to miss watching from him because he's every bit that kind of player. That is a mm-hmm. classic Patrick Hornquist goal that was taken off the books. I guess I would say if they called it a goal initially, if they didn't blow it dead... What proof was there that it wasn't on the back of his leg and behind the line? I had that question, too. And I don't know if Al Riveron is on skates now or, or what, but I, I had those questions, too. Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuit this morning. Thanks, Ben. Val's got news. Top of the hour. What do you got, Valerie? Well, coming up at the top of the hour, we'll hear from John Bon Jovi about the possibility of Richie Sambora joining them for the Rock and Roll Hall huh. of Fame induction. Nice. Also, we'll be talking to Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette about the uh, Penn's acquisitions and uh, Josh Yoey. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying it plural because I'm assuming by the time that rolls around, GMJR will have strike struck again. Rather, Josh Yowie from the Athletic, eight forty-five, uh, also going to be discussing that stuff uh, with the trade deadline looming. The Pens looking to make a run towards their third Stanley American girl who won at the last minute. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah, it was, it was like awesome. one of the most electric finishes possible. I think for cross country. What was her name? It was like Wiggins. Can't remember Something what like her that. name was. Sally, Sally Wiggins. She got a. Uh, Gold medal, Sally Wiggins did. For I mean, she like stole it from uh, the Swede right at the end. Yeah, that was awesome. Snowboarder Jamie Anderson, skier Michaela Schifrin, each won gold and a silver. Uh, brother and sister figure skaters Alex and Maya Shibutani also won two bronze medals. That kid from Peters won a silver in speed skating. Did he? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Lindsey Vaughn, I think, got a silver. Lindsey Vaughn did. She became the oldest woman to ever medal in alpine skiing. 17-year-old snowboarders Chloe Kim and Red, is it Gerard or Gerard, became the first athletes to be born in the 21st century and win a gold medal. Oh, wow. How about that? They were born after 2000? Yeah. Come on. Sean White that's got the, a medal. That's the stoner kid. He was awesome. I love that kid. <laughs> he slept in because he watched Netflix all night. And finally, the youngest athlete to compete, 15-year-old skier from China. The oldest was a 49-year-old curler from Finland. Well, I'd, I'd say that's an ageless sport. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you don't have to continue to be limber. I mean, you do have to have that one stretching leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Later this morning, I'll tell you how the Simpsons predicted curling gold for the United States. And in a creepy trend, the Simpsons have had an uncanny ability to predict the future. I'll do that next hour. In the hopes of conducting longer missions, NASA is now developing spacesuits with built-in toilets. The spacesuits the astronauts currently use include absorbency undergarments, which are basically adult diapers, but they're used only in an emergency. These suits are designed to only be used for up to 10 hours. NASA hopes astronauts will be able to use the new suits for six days straight. That means astronauts must be able to eat, drink, be, breathe, Pee and poop in the suits. Ah. Engineers have had good luck so far in designing the suits for men, but because the anatomy is a little different, 
for women. They haven't been able to design the built-in toilet feature for female astronauts yet. We should get one of those for Sean McDowell to wear during the St. Patty's Day parade downtown. <laughs> <laughs> the company founded by disgraced Hollywood executive Harvey Weinstein is formally going broke. According to the Wall Street Journal, the Weinstein company said late last night it's going to file bankruptcy. The decision came after the studio ended talks to sell the company outside formal bankruptcy proceedings. It also comes two weeks after the New York Attorney General's office sued the Weinstein Company over alleged sexual harassment and civil rights violations. The studio says it will prepare a bankruptcy filing in the coming days. Silent Bob was almost silenced for good. Director and actor Kevin Smith says he had a massive heart attack. He tweeted last night, Quote, after the first show this evening, I had a massive heart attack. The doctor who saved my life told me I had 100% blockage of my LAD artery, a.k.a. the Widowmaker. Wow. If I hadn't canceled the show to go to the hospital, I would have died tonight. But for t- for now, I'm still above ground, end quote. 47-year-old was scheduled for a stand-up gig in Glendale, California. Yeah, I saw that when I woke up this morning. 100% blockage? Yeah, that's... That's he's, crazy. I'm guessing he's got blockages in other arteries, too, if he's got 100% in that one. so He once and told a story on Rogan that was one of the most inspiring stories I've ever heard, and it was about his dad. His dad died just like that mm-hmm. of a heart attack. Like They all went out. I think that he was doing something in Philadelphia. They all went out for a nice dinner. They, they hardly ever all are in the same place at the same time, had a nice steak, piece of pie, came back to the... The hotel said, you know, have a great night. And then uh, his dad had a massive heart attack and died. And it was like it, but it was an inspirational story in that he was just saying like his dad lived the right way. His dad was, you know, worked for the post office for 40 years or something crazy. Never did anything except exact, like he just was a by the book kind of guy, lived his life the right way. And he said when he got down, uh, to the hospital, his brother was like, man, it was so scary. Dad, like, was screaming on his way out. And basically, he took that to just say, like, why spend a minute on this earth doing anything but exactly what you want to do? Because even if you live your life exactly the way you should, you're still going to die screaming. So do what you want to do. Don't waste your time. Yeah, that's good. You know, like, wow, that is powerful. You know, Within reason. Within reason. A little heavy. You know, I'm not, you can't just be like, uh, kids, dad's not going to work today or ever again. Uh, Uh, do what I want to do. I'm going to die screaming no matter what happens. (laughs) (laughs) So Bill said, so you guys are on your own. Have a good day. Dad's going for a a little (laughs) vacation. Cause he meant follow your, your passion. That's what he meant. (laughs) Not just do whatever you want to do and go on vacation. Oh, okay. Because you said do whatever you like, want. Like, follow your life dream. Well, it's like the old thing of if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. What if you're not skilled enough to do what your dream is? <laughs> that, see, this is the real problem. Yeah. Then you need to work harder at it. What if you want to, well, what if you want to be a comic, but you mm-hmm. just don't have the chops? Or what if you want to be a rock star, but yeah. you can't sing? <laughs> You're a horrible singer. This is a good point. It's got a point. Or you got to try. Want to be a chef, you got to try. You burn toast. <laughs> I think you can fix that one. I love Val's very practical approach to this. <laughs> you take your namby pamby nonsense, <laughs> side, the, the new age BS. Hey, 
I'd love to be a rock star. I can't sing. And you try to deposit that, that in the bank account. But that's like, you know, I, yeah, I would love to be a rock star, but that's not your true passion. Some that's, people don't have passion, though. Some people don't. Well, he's not talking to them. <laughs> Find some passion first. If, if you don't have any passion, then who cares? Alexa, can you order me some passion? He's talking passion. about the people that wanted to, you know, that want to pursue something, but they're sort of paralyzed by their own fear. fear. Oh, yeah. That's a different thing. How many people like that are out there? Oh. Somebody's probably listening right now that has an incredible talent, but is just scared to pursue it. Hopefully, you're, this is inspiring them to, to go do it. Eh, probably not. They probably just want to go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> like... You know, I've always dreamed of hitting Bill Crawford in the knee with a pipe. <laughs> now I'm going to do it. <laughs> John Bon Jovi confirms he's been in touch with former bandmate Richie Sambora regarding Bon Jovi's induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on April 14th in Cleveland. Looks like the chances are good for a reunion. How great is that going to be? Are you kidding me? You know, he's looking forward to coming, as is Alex Such. So, uh, yeah, they've been invited to... Uh, to both not only come and celebrate, to, but, but to perform with us, yeah. John says his communication with Richie, who left the band in 2013, has been through email, but that he and the band uh, spoke in person to Alec John Such. He hasn't said where Alec is. When the induction announcement was made in December, John said he was out of touch with a bass player who was booted from the band all the way back in 1994. But it looks like they'll both be welcomed with cool. open arms. Good news. And the concert announcement I was going to make at 7 has been moved to 9 o'clock. Uh-oh. Due oh. to reasons I don't know why. Is it still going to happen? It, Yeah, it's still going to happen. Mm, I feel like you're going to push it again. <laughs> Rock stars always sleeping in late. That's right. Uh, forecast today, spring-like temperatures, sunny, low 50s, 32 degrees overnight tonight. It's 38 at DV. Speaking of rock stars, did you see the kid shredding on guitar last night in the uh, closing ceremonies? Oh, it was awesome. He is a 13-year-old guitar phenom, Yang Taiwan. Uh, he's really good. Yeah, I mean, just lit up. Everybody just went crazy for this kid. There's all kinds of YouTube videos of him playing when he was like four years old and stuff. He's playing Dream Theater here when he was seven years old. <laughs> That's just funny. Got to do what you're passionate about. We're all gonna we're all gonna die Korean. So, got to get to it. <laughs> His dad said that as he keeled over from a heart attack <laughs> after moving crates of speakers for whatever band he was roadieing for. I don't know how it gets so bad that you have a hundred percent blockage and are still alive. Yeah, like how would you not just, have symptoms? You know, it does though. It really does. People, it. People like, oh, I'm short of breath or because the bar body can be or... remarkably resilient. I look at like, you know, my... I mean, nobody looked at Silent Bob and was like, yeah, he looks healthy. <laughs> like no one. I mean, obviously, he probably has had long standing health issues. Yeah, I can't imagine he hasn't had wicked sleep apnea. I'm guessing, probably does. I'm guessing there's a little snoring going on there when Kevin Smith was sleeping. That's, your body can hide a lot. Well, now more than ever, you, you know, medical science has advanced to the point where you can find out if you're at risk and then, you know, take appropriate measures. I did that. Did you? Yeah. What'd you, you, they, you, do this, they do a scan. Oh, my brother had that. Mm -hmm. Is that when they found the GERD? 
No, that was a d- different test. They found the GERD. Uh, I have low likelihood of arterial. <laughs> I just, I really thought that just happened. Fal's <laughs> <laughs> GERD. She's got levels. You have what? Low level what now? Low level, uh, low likelihood of arterial disease. Dude, that's my not genes exactly are so bad. Because I, because of the family history I have, I wanted to get it checked. Yeah, my dad, and like, two Phew. of my uncles have had all, all of my uncles had heart bypass surgery. Two of them died from heart attacks. Yeah. So now I like to think that you know my diet is a little bit better, and uh, I don't didn't smoke as long as they did, but I definitely smoked. <laughs> So, I don't know, I'm just pl- my brother is like not stressed about it at all. He's like, I'm just planning for it. Yeah, it's on both one, sides. One day I'm going to get, you know, all new plumbing and uh, that's the deal. Yeah, it's on both sides of my family. No kidding. Yeah. Well, my dad had the art like he had two he had his first heart attack at 40. Mm-hmm. Two triple wow. bypasses. Man, that is amazing. But then he Should lived have- he lived a long time. Uh, late 70s. It's pretty good. Should have had other bypasses, but he was too old. They're like, you're just not in good enough shape to mm-hmm. do this. But my mother is the one who died of a massive heart attack or stroke. See, all right. So you're doing the smart thing. You are reading your genetic map and yes. saying, I need to be proactive here. Bring on the gravy. <laughs> Kevin Smith was 900 pounds. He yeah. was not trying to be heart healthy. Yeah. Uh, and he still made it. So He probably still smokes, too, doesn't he? <laughs> probably. He at least Definitely looks like he smokes. Tons of weed. Definitely smokes tons of weed. Tons. No doubt about it. Um, you know, uh, this past weekend, actually, we were all out and about doing stuff around town. And f- it started Friday night. Bill, you were out at Sean Casey's Miracle League Bash. Um, that was awesome. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I, I fell sick. Oh, that's all right. Missed out on that. But I Everybody heard. Everybody crushed you. Uh, that's you know, fine. When they found out you weren't coming. Yeah, but- that's. But that was to be expected. To be expected, really. Yeah. Um, what did uh, what was that all about? I heard it, it was, was jammed. I mean, it was there was five hundred people there. That's awesome. Casey put such a great event together. He's such a a great guy. He has such a good team around him, and they're all doing it for the Miracle League of South Hills, raising money for these kids to get a chance to play baseball. And um, that field is is tremendous. You've seen it, and uh, and and it's just an event where he has. All these silent auction items and, I mean, just great food and drinks and the Delaney's performed and I got to go up and perform for a bit and uh, and Sean spoke and he got he played this video that Bob Costas narrated. He got Bob Costas ah, to so narrate awesome. his Miracle League video and uh, he's doing special things. So it was, it was really great to be a part of it and... Uh, and I was hungover for the entire day Saturday. Oh, uh, were you really? Because <laughs> Case is like Andre the Giant when it comes to drinking. I feel like when he takes a shot, he just acts like it affects him to play it off so that people won't think he's a freak because he is. Yeah, and he can just drink all night long. He's like King Kong swatting an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. So then I, you know, they invited me to this like after party. I end up ubering to this after party oh with dude oh wow and it's like oh, yeah case and his friends they're playing flip cup <laughs> somebody threw a christmas tree on the fire uh. everybody's smoking cigars and i'm like oh my god i cannot hang i ghosted the whole party yeah. i was like hold on i gotta go to the bathroom real quick 
went out front and just Ubered like, let me get out of here. <laughs> you escaped. I escaped. What do they call that? Irish exit. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I had to get out of there. And I was hungover for the entire day on Saturday. Attaboy. Nice. Yeah. Had a play date set up for my daughter. Canceled. Canceled. <laughs> What what lie did you tell her? Uh, I I told her that daddy needed water and that um, <laughs> daddy was up late and he's been working a lot, which they know I have been taking a lot of gigs. And so yeah, they weren't too hard on. Well, me. good. I'm glad, man. But I'm, yeah, that's I'm, why I don't drink. I'm sorry I missed that's, the. That's uh, why I drink Michelob Ultras. Yeah, because if I drink with like people who actually drink, I'm destroyed for an entire day. Yeah. That'll, and that'll and I really don't have a day to throw away like that. No, not anymore. Kevin Smith's dad will be very mad at you for wasting that I, day. Listen, I was sorry that I couldn't make it down to see the event that you were hosting. Polar Plunge. That would have made you made your hangover go away, though. You'd have jumped in the icy sure. water. Ooh, that yeah. would have woke up. Yeah. Uh, record crowd Saturday morning at the uh, Special Olympics Pittsburgh Polar Plunge. Record amount of jumpers, 1,126. Record total Whoa. raised over $430,000. Val and I were down there Dis- for the and, festivities. And despite the dismal weather, the vibe was so good. It's such it a fun just, party. Yeah. It's like a college football game. Yeah. Everybody is partying the whole time. There are people tailgating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, a few people missed their jump times because they were like partying at their tailgate, and they like ran up after the thing was almost done and just you know started diving in the pools. Oh, that's Thanks awesome. to Pool City for making that happen because we couldn't jump in the river this year for obvious reasons. You know the riverbanks are flooded. Yeah, it wasn't safe. Was not safe. So they adjusted, adapted, and ended up with the biggest total they ever were able to raise for Special Olympics. And Chief Schubert. And uh, uh, Chief Matt Porter from the Port Authority and all the guys who are there each and every year and do such tremendous work. It's really incredible how the law enforcement of Western Pennsylvania, like, I cannot tell you how much effort they put into raising money for these kids. And it is well worth it because um, that was the highest total for the uh, for the state this year. We outdid Philadelphia, I understand. Awesome. So that's pretty big. Always good to be. Did either of you jump in? No, I'm too cold. Yeah. What did Sean they put did. in the pools? Just I was a nursing. Ton of ice? Yeah, Sean jumped in. I, there's this great picture of Sean jumping away from Chief Schubert and Chief Porter. They're on the deck of the pool, and Sean is jumping midair, and it looks like he's doing the fugitive, like jumping away from the <laughs> cops, <laughs> which he for sure has done before. Yeah. <laughs> Probably into a pool. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I didn't do it. I don't care if you did do it. Just jumps right off. Long to story freedom. short, he is not allowed to go to the North Hills Public Park anymore. No, Sean's our hero, cow. But what a great day. The mm-hmm. iHeart team uh, all down there. Thanks to Bob McLaughlin, Scottro from KISS, uh, and congratulations to Jessica DeVito from Special Olympics, who uh, helped organize the biggest polar plunge Crazy. to date. So that was a lot of fun. So Up awesome. next, Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta. Penn's dealing over the weekend. G- GMJ are not done, perhaps, but a big score in getting Derek Broussard. And I'll give you some rumors about potential defensemen that they might get. That's coming up next, DV. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuta cannot make it in today. He is about to be a, a grandpappy. How about that? Yeah, his stepdaughter's uh, going to deliver. So so Matt Cullen won't be the only grandfather in Pittsburgh <laughs> then again? <laughs> Maybe not. Well, he's not here yet, Matt no, Cullen. Yet. But news broke overnight that that may be a possibility. Tim Benz filling in 
filling you in on the last-minute goings-on before the trade deadline. GMJR pulling off a big move over the weekend. That was Derek Broussard on this, the 41st anniversary of the Eagles' new kid in town. Let's see if he actually does come to town today. He's got (laughs) immigration issues. We're hoping to see him at practice today. If not then, then perhaps Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils. Mike Sullivan talked about coaching Broussard before in New York. I coached him for a period of time uh, with the Rangers when I was there. Uh, he's a terrific kid. He's a he's a real good person. Um, I think he'll fit in, fit into our locker room extremely well, and he and he's a real good player. He's a good 200 foot center iceman. He's he's got an offensive dimension to his game, and he's good defensively. He is uh, he's really a he's a 200 foot player. So. Uh, you know, we're excited to have him. We think he's certainly going to make our team better. Now, to make the trade happen, Ian Cole had to be dealt to Ottawa in a complex three-way deal with Vegas that also included Ryan Reeves, so the defense got weaker. They've needed eight men on the blue line each of the past two playoff runs. Matt Hunwick has been bad at times, including Saturday. Chad Ruedel, the only other guy with experience, so will Jim Rutherford make another defensive acquisition today? If so, Connor Sherry could be the guy moving out. His name has been speculated about for a while now. Does he ever pitch his case to Mike Sullivan or Jim Rutherford to stay. It's going to be hard to change their mind. It's, uh, it's how you're playing on the ice and, and what specifically a team needs. So uh, whatever that may be, I, I don't know. Uh, but I don't think you can approach them about things like that. It's, uh, it's kind of the, the business side of things. It's, it's All right, so there are some defensemen out there that are circulating around, potentially some names popping up in the trip today. Our Jonathan Bambouli suggested potentially Mike Riley from Minnesota, Sort of a Justin Schultze type. Yep. Uh, good in college, hasn't manifested in the NHL. Jo- Josh Georges from Buffalo makes a lot of money. Buffalo would have to retain some of his salary, 3.9 or 3.3, I think he makes. Luke Shen from Arizona, I've heard that one a bit. Jan Ruta from Chicago and Xavier Wallet from Detroit or other names on the periphery as well. Jason Mackey, he's going to join us later on this hour from the Post-Gazette, talked about Mount Cullen still coming here potentially as a winger. And most importantly, guys, friend of the show, Pat McAfee from Barstool Mm -hmm. has weighed in on the Mm -hmm. Penn's trade deadline acquisitions. Thanks, boys. This is Tony DeGolio coming live from the Mal Washington Overlook. I got a inside source worked on... Penn's going back to back to back here live on national television. Looks like this is going to be a fan segment. We're going to be chugging from Stanley's Cup all damn... Can't say that probably on here. All... What's your name? That is Pat McAfee on uh, Barstool. Barstool Heartland, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And he's got his old Clemente cap on and cut off shirt, of course. Good for Pat. Yeah. I mean, killer mustache. Pat being Pat. He can pull off the Yinzer right away. Um, Thin veneer between his stage presence in yes. real life. Yeah. Yeah. The lines are blurred. <laughs> his plum. His plum roots are uh, are showing. He's uh, method acting approach. I think. <laughs> there, yeah. <laughs> Uh, other deals, Rick Nash to Boston, Thomas Plekanec to Toronto, Mark Letestu to Columbus, and the Flyers just traded a third-round pick to the Polish national team for Hero Cow. Oh, good. Hero Cow. Yeah. <laughs> Vegas had to assume 40% of a bison to make sure the trade went through. Look, man, Hero Cow is a metaphor for something. I just don't know what. Perhaps it's for Martavis Bryant. There you go. Well, if Hero Cow can cover, I'm all right with it. <laughs> uh, Martavis. He can swim. We know that. He might be on the move. We'll see. Now, there are rumors about... Martavis Bryant might be on the move. Yeah, right. Martavis potentially uh, was looked at at one point by Buffalo. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN.com had that story. And they might circle back again in the offseason now. And a couple other teams might be interested. 
Uh, I've read a speculation about Miami, Washington, Green Bay. Although I'd offer up Chicago. I think Chicago is a, an obvious spot for him to go. Mm-hmm. But Martavis talked in locker cleanout day about a contract. Would he like to sign a long-term contract and put some of the speculation to rest? Uh, I'm not worried about that. I can't worry about that. I got everything falling in place. All I can do is take care of my business and continue to do what I'm doing. And, uh, Everything in place. The NFL Network said that the Steelers are fielding offers, not really putting them out there, but fielding offers. What if you went to Denver or I somewhere don't, where oh, everything is geez. legal? You're not. You're still not allowed to smoke weed where it's Ooh. legal. What's that? The NFL will still test you for well, weed. T- yes, I know, but it, the temptation will be around all the more. Yeah, I, that wouldn't saying. be a good idea for him. I'll I'm tell you think. when you hear him talk and he you sounds look back excited. at the year that he just had. You have to be a little reluctant to believe that emotionally he's going to be able to handle a trade to a new team. Correct, yes. That that's not going to be something that takes him a long time to dig out from under. Look at the structure that needed to be put into place to get him this far. Yes. All the way up to and including the drama and training camp for him to get the tests right and whatever right. information processed Just and things he- of that nature. Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he say at some point in the season that he didn't want to go somewhere else because he didn't want to start the chemistry? Well, yeah, that's yeah. We played yeah. actually we played part of that clip last hour. He said that yeah, he didn't want to start that all over again because it took him this long to establish it. Right. And look, the last four weeks is pretty good. The last four weeks had the big play against Jacksonville. I think playoffs. he's I think he's special. I think he's been in his own way for the majority of last season, and obviously, I don't know. think he's ever going to become what we want him to become. No. But. You know, I also don't know what you're going to get for a fourth rounder, right? Um, okay, so Bill, I looked this up. You you brought this up about Pitt basketball. Yeah. 66-37, they lost to UVA over the weekend. Best team oh. in the country, best defense in the country. Seven points at halftime. Pitt football Seven. had 21 on the board at halftime against UVA in football. <laughs> they wow. topped seven points nine times this season by halftime. As a comp, Ugh. Northeastern College Hockey had three goals in the first 30 minutes this weekend against UNH, and they won 8 to nothing. Uh, best thing I saw on Twitter this weekend was from Sports Pickle. Sean Miller caught on tape offering $100,000 to a recruit. Kevin Stallings caught on tape offering $100,000 to any fan willing to sit in the stands for the first 40 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and uh, lastly, Gallo. the Olympics conclude in grand fashion as curling is making America great again. Team USA wins gold over Sweden. But then again, Randy, as you pointed out, the Simpsons told us that was going to happen anyway. Yes. So we should have known. That's right. I I have the full list, or a fairly comprehensive list, of things the Simpsons predicted that actually came true. It's remarkable. Yeah, there's a a (laughs) weird thread here. Yeah. So we'll get to that right around uh, 8.15 or so. Something like that. Uh, Coming up next, it's uh, the one and only Jason Mackey. From the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, we'll talk Penguins trade. Are they headed back to the big dance once again? Nobody calls that a dance because you're on skates. I mean, we just saw ice dancing. The dance is, uh, that's basketball. Like that Canadian girl, Tessa Virtue. She had me interested in ice dancing. Yeah? yeah. You're being yeah. a little creepy or are you like... A little creepy, fan- okay. yeah. But she made it a little creepy for all of us. So. Well, that's why I always think it's funny when like there was that group. The two Canadian pair. Yeah, that's he's that's who he's talking about. Oh, so she was the woman in that wrapped her legs around his face. Yes. Yeah. Well, and they said I think they call that move kind of liftus. Is what I think they call that. (laughs) It's the DV Morning Show. Pens with big trade over the weekend. JM GM JR. I always say JM GM JR. 
See, in Vegas, they call George McPhee GMGM. It's a lot easier there. Damn, that would be so much easier. <laughs> GM squared. Yes. Well, uh, Jason Mackey, JM. There's the JM uh, joining us right now from JM's the PG. Play GM. Jason, good morning. How are you, man? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. So, uh, first things first, very basics. All right, with the acquisition of Broussard, run us through what the lines are going to look like for the Penguins once he gets through his immigration uh, issues. Yeah, I think they're going to start. I'll just start on the third line and then sort of work around mm-hmm. that. But the ideal is to have Broussard with Kessel and Jake Gensel. I, I really do believe that. Um, but I also think that they're going to try Gensel back with Sid. I'm sorry, this might end up being a convoluted answer here. But, um, you know, probably Evgeny Malkin with Brian Rust and Carl Hagelin, at least to start, they've been very good. Um, good chance you go Sherry, Crosby, Hornquist up top. And then the fourth line, I guess that leaves Shea and Carter Rowney. And I think Dominic Simone for now, uh, provided they don't do anything today, I, I, I'm sure we'll get into it. But if they bring in somebody like Matt Cullen, he probably goes on that fourth line. All right. Well, let's let's talk about that for a second. Is the acquisition uh, of a defense player to replace Cole more important than Cullen? Yeah, I, I would say that based on what I saw from Matt Hunwick the other night. Um, the the only problem though is that sentiment doesn't seem to be shared by the Penguins. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of fan uproar over. Oh my God, Matt Hunwick's terrible. They have to get somebody to replace him. <laughs> I understand that. I watched it too. But from talking to people, there's not the same sort of sense of urgency from them. I, I do think the Penguins would like to do something, but it's going to have to be cheap and reasonable. Um, I think it would be absolutely hilarious if they were somehow able to get Cole back from Auto and fit this under the cap. Um, but it, that's probably not likely. Um, I can't imagine the NHL after play. having already deked on this one time. Yeah. Would Ryan yeah. Reeves have to come back from Vegas for a day yeah. and a half, or how would you do that? <laughs> well, I mean, think about this, though. It, he, Ian Cole technically plays for another team, right? They want a third-round pick. The Penguins could give a third-round pick. The only problem would be fitting salary. You'd have to dump Hunwick or somebody like that, and I feel like Ottawa would have done that in the first place, but they're not in the business of taking on Add salary for a 32-year-old. Um, maybe Connor Sherry, but I feel like Connor Sherry would have been involved the first time around. And mm-hmm. I just I don't think it's it's terribly likely. Any right. any names really out there, Jason, that you think are easy for Jim Rutherford to target? Like Luke Shen, I keep hearing over and over again. Or yeah, George is from Buffalo. If Buffalo retains some of the salary, yeah, and Jordy Ben, I've been hearing that one. Uh, I don't know. Did you say Luke Shen? But yeah, I, I did. That one. Yeah. Um, one that I've heard that I think is sort of interesting would be Mike Riley from Minnesota. Um, and I think there might be a possibility there. He doesn't make a lot of money. And I wonder how, you know, I can't answer this because I'm not covering the wild, but like how much, um, they kind of want to move him and move some other guys to get some flexibility. I know they have some, some kids in the minors there. They would like to bring up. They just can't really do it from a cap standpoint. So I don't know if you're the Penguins and you offer to take Mike Riley and then, they sort of want to throw in Cullen for a draft pick. You know, I'm kind of spitballing here, but if if that would become available and that was your sort of your move today, your twofer, I think they'd probably be okay with it. He's a decent defenseman, but yeah, Tim, the, the names being thrown around defensive wise, uh, they're not great. They're they're bit parts. And, and Jason, what's the logic behind getting Cullen? You, you have some some help down the center now, maybe converting him to a winger and using him for faceoffs and just leadership or. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it, Bill. I mean, it, they're they're looking for somebody that, yeah, you know, a little bit of a steadying presence. I, I I can understand the argument that 
fans might say, you don't need that. They've, they've won. They've done great. But um, Well, that's because they're, they're to... considering it that, that that means at the expense of getting a defenseman. Right. Which right. may not be you the can, case. You can do both. I don't see what the problem is. Um, I look at that, that last forward position, and I, I haven't been enamored with Dominic Simone lately. Uh, Zach Aston Reese may be turning into a pumpkin. I'm not quite sure. He hasn't mm-hmm. <laughs> produced quite as much as he did at the beginning, but um, there's another side to this coin that I don't think people really take into consideration, and that's Cullen sort of, quote-unquote, deserving the right to finish here. And I think that was something the Penguins tried to convince him of it last offseason. Said, like, look, you've won multiple titles here. You should just stay here and retire. Now, they were completely cool with him leaving for Minnesota, but they've sort of always had this thing where, like, if it works out, we just think this is the right way it should play out, that, you know, you should ride off into the sunset as a penguin. You're a penguin. Finish here. Um, and so it's almost like, you know, it, an acknowledgement that maybe this isn't the greatest fit, but, man, this would be a really cool story if they were able to pull it off. I just The, the notion that he somehow deserves to retire a penguin completely omits the fact that he didn't want to. I mean, this <laughs> is like, you know, yeah. my girlfriend broke up with me, but I'm trying to tell her, look, you deserve... To be buried next to me. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She's like, I chose to leave. We'll re-edit the video, the tribute video for you. We'll re-edit it for you. I mean, I don't think they're, like, calling Cullen's phone and, like, hanging up or something. They're not, like, trying to (laughs) around his old house. It's not weird. Facebook's talking. (laughs) I'm just saying that if there was a, 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 a way that this made sense, and, you know, I don't know if Minnesota takes back a little bit of money or they want to get a pick or he's available in their shop. And I'm like, it does make a little bit of sense. I understand he would be a nice upgrade. They're not stretching here. Um, but that, that's all I'm saying. Like, you take one and marry it with the other, and that, that's why you could see it. Well, that last forward spot that you bring up becomes a bit of an issue because if they can't figure out a place for Sherry, Sherry rather, in the top nine, what's he going to give you on the bottom three? That's not his game. You know, I guess with the way that last line might be developing, because Shane's played well, he can help. But if they have Carter Rowney as the other winger and they're thinking about bringing in Cullen, it sounds like they want something with less focus on scoring and more about playing defense on that fourth line. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of it, Tim, because their third line isn't really a defense line. You know, Jake Gensel, well, I I shouldn't say that about Broussard, but I mean, that that is a third line that's going to score. You need some line that's going to be a little bit more defensive um and to your earlier point that that's definitely a concern you can't have connor sherry in your bottom six he just has not produced um and the counter argument i would throw to that is i would seriously think about just throwing him next to sid and seeing what you get like sid and gensel because i feel like that's the best way they can construct their team to get value um he offers next to nothing when away from Sidney crosby and that line with gensel has shown sparks I mean, if you put those two together, you figure out what you do. Malkin and Haglund stay together at right wing. You rotate Hornquist, Brost, I'm not sure. But, again, you, you just not to get too complicated, you just have to get something out of Connor Sherry and put him in a position where you're, you're going to get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Mackey from the 
Post-Gazette talking with us right now about the Penn's acquisitions as the trade deadline looms later this afternoon. Will GM JR make another move? As far as Broussard goes, uh, last thing I have for you, you know, uh, a lot of hockey fans on the periphery kind of act like uh, kids at a uh, like six-year-old soccer game. They hear a free agent name that is uh, coveted, and everybody, they surround, that's who we want. We want him. Uh, no. And, yeah, really? And, so Broussard <laughs> was one of those guys. He was the, uh, you know, size three uh, soccer ball that everybody was chasing around. Uh, what does he bring to the Penguins? What are some of his strengths for some of those who might not know just how big of a, of a, a move this was for them? For sure. Yeah, and it's funny. how People will, like, latch onto a name and, and just be dead set on that's who they got to get. Yes. In, in the Broussard case, I get it. Uh, and I get it for the, the following reasons. Uh, the dude is a, a total clutch playoff performer. Mm-hmm. He's huge in the playoffs, and that's that, that's what they need. Um, but number two, he's he's a true two-way center iceman. He's going to be responsible defensively, uh, very smart with the puck, good offensive instincts, can score. All of that stuff you think you sort of heard about Riley Shea, and like he's just not of an offensive mindset or something like that. Um, it's kind of the opposite with Broussard. He's going to try to score. He theoretically should develop chemistry quick with Kessel. He's a smart player, just like Kessel is, so look for a lot of sort of nifty give-and-go smart passes. Um, got a little bit of size to him, can skate. Um, literally just checks every box that they could possibly want there, but the biggest thing that stands out to me with Broussard is just how clutch he's been in the playoffs. And it's a large sample size. I think it's like 78 games of him playing really well and producing, and that's that's what they need. Yes, points per game are better in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. And Randy, if yep. you get him, Toronto, Tampa, and Boston do not. Right. And he scores against Pittsburgh. So (laughs) got that going for you, which is nice. Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette. Thanks so much, Jason. Appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Okay. Well, Jim Rutherford is up right now in his bathrobe. Grandpa's going to get that. You watch. He's probably smoking a cigarette and drinking coffee. (laughs) Talking to some Canuck. Just finishing out his grapefruit. It's 5 a.m. in Edmonton, but they're getting somebody from the Oilers right now. (laughs) We're going to talk to Josh Yowie from The Athletic. More on this situation. And also, just to talk about how unbelievably great Gino has been in the last two months. Now put himself in contention for the heart. For sure, yes. Art Ross, Rocket Richard. He might take them all home. He might. He could. He could sweep them. Get a second Con Smythe like Sid. How about that beauty? The end-to-end Saturday night. That got Pat McAfee so excited he took his shirt off entirely for that one. (laughs) Val's got news coming up next. What do you got, Valerie? We're going to talk a little bit coming up about some of the things that you might be doing to kill your job chances if you're looking for a new job. Right. That's on the way. Plus, all the times the Simpsons have predicted the future, they just did it again in these Olympics with the curling gold. Uh, We have a, uh, a comprehensive list for you. Coming up here on the DV Morning. If you have an apple, it gives you just as much of an adrenaline and surge. Eh. Who the That's hell That's funny because I do have an apple. apple today. Really? I did bring an apple. Look, the I'm apple. Not I don't think I've finished an apple in 15 years. Bill won't let me eat an apple. I know. Bill hates it when we eat it. Well, apples. it's an obnoxious fruit to eat in front of people. <laughs> it is. Because it's so Especially loud. Especially if it's and juicy. <laughs> it's one of those things you kind of got to eat in private. It is vulgar. I'm going to save it. And that, and and if you eat a banana, making eye contact with people, <laughs> that's just that awkward. happens in our kitchen yeah. every day. There's a guy that that's why a when I bring a banana in here, I purposely break it in half and turn around to eat it. 
He's like Jim Morrison the first time the Doors played. Randy Bauman and the DVE uh, Morning Show. I'm shy. I'm banana shy. <laughs> I um, paid Bill to eat that banana in front of you. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> I no, told him how much. I told him I'm like, is it worth it? No, I, oh yeah. I, like, I said, <laughs> I'm like, I will buy you lunch if you eat your banana in front of Bill tomorrow morning. Because <laughs> he likes to walk over. It's a and, weird thing. I know how much you hate it, and I know how much he likes it. So to me, that was kind of like a uh, comedic win-win. When he licks it, it's weird. Very yeah. weird. Because <laughs> I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> he kisses the banana. It's weird. Yeah. And then he. <laughs> it's really weird. Very strange. Yeah. Can I talk about my goose egg? Val hit herself in the head, and she I has mean, got a lump. I still have it. Val, you, you're in the protocol. I mean, that if that isn't a concussion, I don't know what is. It still hurts. Like, my head hurts a little bit. She's lump. She's lump. That thing's huge. Yeah, you got a lump lump on your head. Yeah, right on my forehead. How do you hit your head getting what into... Happened? How do you hit your head... Getting into a car you get into every day. I did it. I gave myself a concussion. Every day. I wasn't running at full speed to get in the car. <laughs> I just slid in the seat. I did it before. I thought I was like getting into the car like Bo Duke. <laughs> and I had like an armful of groceries or something. I was like, The door was like, closed and the window was down. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have tried to get Anyways, in like this. I, went, I just at rammed first. into it like a deer trying to get out of the 7-Eleven. I've definitely done that, though, and I don't know the answer to your question. I think I saw stars. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, I gave myself a concussion doing that because I went like I was flying into the seat. Yeah. And I didn't duck my head enough. Right. <laughs> and then I had to laugh because it was so stupid. I know. And then you're a little terrified. Like, what if I just gave myself a hematoma trying right. to get in the exactly. car? Exactly. I know. I thought that the whole trip to work. Because it's the dumbest but way to die. Like, I, I never want to be at the you know gates of St. Peter and everyone gives you the, like, ha-ha clap when you get up there. They're like, <laughs> slow clap you in. Wow. Really? Yeah. If Getting I into your car, huh? That's what did you in? If I start talking crazy or drifting off, get calling me. Oh, no. Oh, like the, yeah, the, just don't take a nap like, today. Yeah. Like that one woman who started having seizures on the air and just kept talking through it. Do you remember that? Oh, the TV oh, yeah. reporter. Yeah, what? Yeah, she. <laughs> that was scary. It was, but like it was it, like a onset was, of a migraine or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was migraine. garbling all her words. Yeah, it was kind of terrifying, but yet we got a big chuckle out of it as a nation. I mean, it was hilarious. It was funny. just from a, a sentence structure standpoint. Just the words she said. This is worse than when I Brett Michaels did with the garage door. Oh. <laughs> I did that. I didn't have a goose egg then. Now I have. Oh. I still have a goose egg. That was my favorite. Three hours later, is that normal? Yeah. Yeah. If you don't put ice on it, you didn't ice it. You gotta. You gotta ice it, man. Yeah. Too late now. Joe, can you get some? No, it isn't. No, I'm not gonna have ice in here melting all over the place. No, not all over the place. Highlights and backstage coverage we're seeing for the very first time. Serene. Well, a very, very heavy, uh, heavy divertation tonight. We had a very Darrison bite. Let's go ahead, Terrace chasing those for the head the pet. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> she said absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, she's okay. Yeah. So right. that's, uh, you know, I've got to be in Shivin Garazin. That was guys really scary, man. Is it aphasia? Is that what it's called? Sure. It's called Fantasia. 
No, there, and then there was this woman, right? Johnson has officially joined 25 other states in a lawsuit against President Obama's health care reform law. Attorney General J.B. Van Hollen says Wisconsin is the latest state, including Iowa, Kansas, Maine, Ohio, and Wyoming, to join Florida's suit. The states claiming the exorcist saw Antisracho and Palais <laughs> Bringritz by <laughs> Health Urgent. Oh, man. Whoa. It's like she's speaking in tongues. That's scary, man. I know. It sounds like someone's messing with the audio. See, now that's an actual... Yeah, those, so those are two different things. Because one was like the onset of a migraine, and then I guess aphasia is a part of epilepsy. So I'm sure that there are you know, newscasters that have epilepsy who, who are terrified of that having, oh, ha- sure. happening to them. I um, feel like she was about to go into that Missy Elliott song. Like, it's your... It's your... I just don't know how this is a migraine. With highlights and backstage coverage, we're seeing yeah, it for the very Mike, first she time. Yeah, said this is a migraine. Well, a very, very heavy, uh, heavy divertation tonight. We had a very Darison bite. Let's go hit Tarison those for the bit. They had the pit. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. I feel it like sound like her brain fell on the steps. I feel like Bertation is what happens when you see Bert Kreischer <laughs> take his shirt off for the first time. Yeah. You experience Bertation. Anyways, I'm glad everyone's okay. How's that? No, Val's fine, but that probably hurt a lot. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center Dersen Terry. Oh no! For nurse. Center 11. Weather brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 39 degrees now at DV. If anything does happen to you as a result of your hand injury, I hope it's one of those things where you just start talking with an accent that you never had before. Yeah, I thought of that too. Mm-hmm. Or suddenly I can play guitar like a virtuoso. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I quit. I got hired by the PSO. <laughs> she takes the guitar off the wall out there and just starts acoustic. Playing classical gas. Like- Flamenco. Guitar gently weeps. On a serious note this morning, students are getting ready to go back to class at the Florida High School where 17 people were murdered on Valentine's Day. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, Stoneman Douglas High School held an open house for students and parents yesterday. The school is expected to return to a full schedule one week from today. And Florida Governor Rick Scott is ordering an investigation into the response to the deadly high school shooting this month. earlier this month. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement is leading the review, which comes amid growing calls for the firing of Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel. Governor Scott says the issue deserves an independent investigation. Sheriff Israel told CNN State of the Union he would not resign after criticism after the shooting that left those 17 people dead. I honestly don't know how he and everybody else doesn't get fired over this. I mean, what a massive failure. More for their lack of action before the event than than the people being terrified during the event. They got 18 calls about this kid. Yeah. But but I, I, one of the things that he said that was interesting to me was that, you know, there needs to be some sort of different protocol. They need to have more authority to do something about it other than write a report because if a, if a kid hasn't done anything, what are you supposed to do? Even though that the, all the signs are there. Well, that's why If they haven't committed a crime yet. A common sense law that would not allow a mentally ill person well, they put them on meds i don't know what it, the laws are in florida about involuntarily committing someone you know if police have the power right. to do that if they are deemed a threat i would 
think that would be common sense. I don't know. I think it's a tough situation. If you're 18, I think you, you like, it, isn't it if you're a, a legal adult, you have to consent? I don't, I mean, I think people can be involuntarily committed. I just don't know what the standard is. Right. I don't know. But Especially kid, in Florida. Those kids continue to be inspiring and uh, unbelievably tenacious in their goal. Visitors to Amsterdam may be in for a surprise this April as officials there will be taking a tougher stance on tourists in a bid to stop overcrowding and reduce antisocial behavior. One of the biggest changes will be the laws in place banning tourists from staring at prostitutes through the windows of the city's famous brothels. That's the red light district. Yeah, they call it. In Amsterdam. I always thought that was a weird thing. Visitors will be instructed to keep their backs to the women standing in the full-length windows. Really? You don't, you, you thought, that, I thought that was, I mean, they have one of the best light-up nights <laughs> of anywhere. I mean, to go and kind of check out what the display cases are, are Tourists showcasing. would go there and, like, with their families and, like, look at people like they're in a zoo. It's just a weird, antiquated, old-school, it is bizarre. And totally now bizarre. they they're, they have to stand with their backs. Why don't they just the eliminate them? If you want people to stand with their backs to, like, what's the point in having them then? I, just get rid of them. I don't know. It's it's a very strange situation. Despite the number of people visiting doctors for flu-like symptoms declining over the last week, it is still widespread all over the country. Doctors say there are some myths about the flu you should stop believing. The number one is that. Flu isn't serious. Last year, 34 million Americans got the flu. 710,000 were hospitalized and about 56,000 people died. 56,000 people died from the flu. Last year. And at one point this year, the CDC said it was 4,000 people a week were dying. And I couldn't believe nobody was talking about it. One dude had Ebola. It was on the news for two weeks. Yep. One guy. Well, that's because he was really active, though. He was going bowling. <laughs> that's true. Remember, yeah, like, I forgot about like, that. Dude, stop going to, to your dart league. I know, but all the people with the flu were all doing that. They were all that guy. Mm-hmm. And 4,000 people a week, granted, they were probably compromised immune systems and stuff like that. Still, that is. Still, that's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot that's for people to not really talk about it. Another myth is that a healthy lifestyle will protect you against the flu. Washing your hands and eating right are important, but cannot completely stop an airborne virus. If you have raw knuckles, you're doing it right, basically, at this point. (laughs) Like, you should be washing the bleep out of your hands. Mm -hmm. If you get sick, you can just take medicine. Since the flu is a viral infection, antibiotics are not effective against it. Tamiflu is an option, but it's not effective for everyone and is not a cure. Another big myth is the flu shot will give you the flu. They say that is not possible. No, that just puts an RFID in your blood system. And, and if you have a re- it. it's you may have a reaction to the shot, it's not the flu. If you get the flu, it was probably already in your system before you got the shot. They so. screwed up the strain this year because they uh, th- this strain had a naturally adapting uh, uh, sort of strategy to it. So that what they do is they put it in egg yolks and then they allow the flu to like take place in the egg yolk and then expire and then just be like a dead virus. And then they pull it out and that's what they make the flu shot out of, if I understand it correctly anyways. But what happens is this thing morphs. So when they put it in the egg, it morphed into something else Mm -hmm. and then they pull it back out and they stick you with the morphed one. Oh, good. You got a morphed egg. I got a morphed egg flu. (laughs) Yeah. Good.
The other myth is it's too <laughs> oh late God. in the flu season to get vaccinated. The flu season does lose steam this month, uh, and it can take up to two weeks to kick in, but it is never too late. Uh, yeah, I'm getting a little more lax with it. Washing Good news, bad news. I did get the flu shot, but it ended up being the black Spider-Man amoeba. So <laughs> I don't know if I have superpowers or I don't. I could walk up the side of a wall. I mean, I'm wash- I, you know, I'm still washing my hands and doing all that, but I'm not like at 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 the height of this a couple of weeks ago. I was definitely like, do I want to touch that doorknob, or do I <laughs> wish I had a prehensile tail and I could actually just do that? Do you find yourself more paranoid this year than you have been in years past? Yeah, because 4,000 per week were dying. Yeah, I'm totally freaked out about this. And it wasn't that I thought I was going to die. I just didn't want to have to deal with something that ferocious. If you're looking for a new job, there are things you might do that will kill your chances at getting that job. The number one thing, being caught in a lie. 71% of employers say they would never hire you if you were caught in a lie. Answering a call or text during the interview will kill your chances as well. <laughs> Sorry, is another, I have to take this. This is an employer I would rather work for. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, I didn't get it. Where were we? <laughs> Being arrogant or acting like you're entitled. Showing a lack of accountability. Swearing during your interview. Bad idea. I drank uh, a beer during an interview one time. <laughs> Was it for this job? No. I I definitely drank a beer for during this job. You interview. didn't you didn't get the job. No, I didn't really care about the job. And That's they have why this you drank the beer. They have this, you know, the test. They're going to ask you if you want a beer. Now, there's two schools of thought behind this. They want to see if you're the kind of guy that can hang out and be sociable and mm-hmm. everything, or are you a degenerate? And so immediately I was like, I'll have a beer. <laughs> I'm like, just yeah, but like, you know, and they're like, it's we just started the interview. I was like, oh. It's 9.30. Most people wait till lunch. Oh. <laughs> uh, I thought it was just the beer thing was going to come up right away. I might as well You're right. get Let's, it out of the way. Do you have I'll brandy? Have a beer. Brandy's better to start the morning. Just call me Randy Brandy. Yeah, they uh, were like, well, that guy is a huge liability. Dressing inappropriately, <laughs> not a good idea. Bad-mouthing an ex-boss or former, former company you worked for. Knowing nothing about the job or company where you are applying. Having unprofessional body language. Look, I've always loved Staples. So this is FedEx. (laughs) Well, you know, you guys deliver stuff from Staples, right? (laughs) Somebody buys it and then sends it to somebody? I'll have a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Billy Joel is getting ready for a busy 2018. That will include his ongoing residency at New York's Madison Square Garden and more stadium shows. The Piano Man singer will perform at Citizens Bank Park in Philly July 27th, Fenway in Boston August 10th, and Wrigley Field in Chicago September 7th. So some biggies there for him. An arrest fingerprint card with the signature of Jimi Hendrix as part of a large auction starting March 8th by RR Auction of Boston. The document was issued in 1969 at Toronto's airport after a search of Jimmy's luggage turned up a small amount of heroin and hash. Jimmy claimed a fan put it there without his knowledge. It previously sold about 15000 That auction will last about a week. Sunny today, low 50s, low 30s overnight. It's 39 at DVE. So The Simpsons has been unbelievably proficient at predicting the future. This is strange. Now, they, they recently predicted the U.S. would win Olympic gold in curling one day. But let's go back through some of the other things. Season 5, episode 10, they predicted Siegfried and Roy being attacked by the tiger. (laughs) Hey, tiger! 
Zeke, ah! <laughs> uh, they were going to legalize gambling in Springfield. Mr. Burns opened a casino, and he brought Siegfried and Roy in. And this was 10 years before they were actually mauled on stage by Montecore, their own tiger. Now, I think of all the predictions, this one was probably the least impressive just because everybody saw that attack uh, coming. Everybody right? was waiting for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in season six in 1994, they uh, it was an episode called Lisa on Ice where they predicted the future of autocorrect, mm-hmm. which was when the... Um, Bully, Dar- Dolph, he said uh, to take a memo to beat up Martin on his Newton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was Apple's early attempt at a personal a, digital assistant. Like a but the machine pilot. translated the message into, instead of beat up Martin, it translated it to eat up Martha instead. Take a memo on your Newton. Beat up Martin. Bah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it said eat up Martha. Now, in fact, Apple's former director of engineering... Uh, Nittenganatara, I'm, I don't know if that's how you say it, uh, said in 2013 that that Simpsons gag was their rallying cry while developing the iPhone's keyboard. If you heard people talking and they used the words, eat up Martha, it was basically a reference to the fact that we needed to nail the keyboard. We needed to make sure the text input on this thing was working. Otherwise, here comes the eat up Martha. Oh, wow. So they actually used that. Season six, Lisa's wedding, they predicted, this is, uh... What year was this? 2000, oh, 1995. And then it yeah. came true in 2010. Wow. FaceTime. Hi, Mom. Lisa, hello. How are you doing in England? Remember, an elevator is called a lift, a mile is called a kilometer, and botulism is called steak and kidney pie. Guess what? Mm-hmm. You and I are getting married. All right. Lisa, that's wonderful. So she was FaceTiming her 15 years before FaceTime became available. Wow, and then season 20 in 2008, they predicted that there would be voting machine troubles in an Obama-McCain election, which wouldn't happen for another four years. There was video footage of a Pennsylvania machine switching a vote from Obama to uh, one for Mitt Romney, but this one was during uh, the McCain election. One vote for McCain. Thank you. <laughs> no, I want to vote for Obama. Two votes for McCain. Come on, it's time for a change. Three votes for McCain. No, no, no. Six votes for President McCain. Hey, I only met one of those votes for McCain. This machine is rigged. And then in season 10, 1999, they predicted the existence of the God particle, which was the breakthrough that helps explain everything in the universe has mass. And there was this episode that it's kind of hard to explain but they basically predicted that was coming with homer standing in front of a chalkboard with the god particle equation behind him it's called the higgs boson i believe but i don't know but as uh, our producer joe pointed out uh they basically referenced this kind of stuff on south park and how tough it is because the simpsons do everything yeah so they did it there then the NSA spying scandal they predicted in 2007, that came true in 2013. We have to keep a low profile till we get to Seattle to tell the world of the plot to destroy Springfield. I don't know if you guys should be talking so loud. No, Lisa, it's not like the government is listening to everybody's conversation. Hi, I'm calling about your meat lover's pizza. I like meat, but I don't know if I'm ready to love it. <laughs> that was in the Simpsons movie. 
Uh, and then smartwatches. They predicted smartwatches in 1995, which eventually came true in 2014. Oh, blast. Go to plan B. All right, then the aforementioned <laughs> Ebola breakout, they predicted in 1997, and it happened in 2014. Bart, would you like to read a book? No. Would you like to color something? I did. Mm. Yeah, and it was uh, Bart, basically. <laughs> what was that? Wait, hold on a second. What, how was that one predicted? Was he painting something about Ebola there? Yeah. The book was titled uh, Curious George Gets Ebola. Okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Curious George and the Ebola Virus. All right. Then they predicted the FIFA corruption scandal. Mr. Simpson, I am the executive vice president of the World Football Federation. Woo! What do you Americans call soccer? Don't! In fact, I see that uh, I myself am about to be arrested for corruption. Yeah, and so that was how far in advance are they? That two, so they predicted that by a year. They beat that by a year. Uh, then they predicted Greece's debt fault, default in 2012. That came true in 2015. Uh, in season 22, 2010, the Nobel Prize prognostication. This is uh, the prediction of the Nobel Prize. Uh, that uh, Professor Holstrom would win the Nobel Prize six years later, right? Is that how that happened? Yes. It's 4 a.m. You kids should have been in bed a half hour ago. We're watching the Nobel Prize announcements live from Stockholm. Ooh, the Nobies. <laughs> For economics. <laughs> the Nobies. Jagdish Bhagwati. Huzzah! I had him in the pool. Lucky. And then uh, they predicted the Trump presidency. I'm right behind him. Not supposed to stare at it directly, but I can't help it. If I touch it, will it heal my baldness? Ah! I am officially running. No! No! Don't take me out of the ginger forest! No! And then they predicted <laughs> Lady Gaga's halftime show. She was suspended in the air in the cartoon, the exact same way she was suspended in the air during the Super Bowl. It wasn't just that she was performing, that they predicted her actually performing. They predicted how she would perform. Then uh, they predicted Disney's Fox takeover in 1998. And finally, they predicted curling gold for the United States Olympic curling team. Unbelievable. That's guy spooky. That's huh? impressive. I can't believe we haven't won that event before. Ever. In we the should history have won that event before. It does the Olympics. seem like a perfect American event, does it not? So that's 14 times the Simpsons predicted the future, and I'm sure there are more there if you dig deep, but those are crazy. I believe the Simpsons predicted that Derek Broussard wouldn't get through immigration because <laughs> Trump built a wall around Ontario. <laughs> Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta with your sports next. We'll talk Broussard trade with Josh Yohe, Josh Yohe from The Athletic, 845. He also talked about just how on fire Gino has been the last couple of months. So uh, we'll recap it with Josh, but we'll get to it next with Tim Benz on D. DVE Sports. Yeah, it's the DVE Morning Show. Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta, who is the proud, newly... Uh, uh, crowned grandfather of pap. his stepdaughter, Kayla. He's a pap-pap. 
Kayla had uh, a baby last night. Baby Sparty was born, huh? Baby Sparty. Liliana Marie showed up last night. All is well. Glad to hear it. And uh, congratulations to uh, Mike and Diane and Kayla and her family. And that's that's great news. So Happy he was. Day. He was yeah, in the hospital all night amazing. last night. So. Yeah. so congratulations to Grandpa Mike. Now it's time to see what Grandpa Jim can do at the trade deadline. Yeah. <laughs> GMJR <laughs> might still have a few more cards to play. Uh, we all know about Derek Broussard coming from Ottawa, and everybody's looking forward to his arrival here in Pittsburgh. But what about Ian Cole's departure, Jim Rutherford? What does that mean for the team? He was a good player for us here for a long time, and uh, he helped us win two Stanley Cups. It's been an up-and-down year this year for him. He's been in and out of the lineup. He's handled it like a great pro, and I really thought when he went back in the lineup that he was probably here to stay this year. But, you know, when you start breaking these deals down and you got to figure out the cap and what teams will take back, it was one of the guys that uh, had to go on the deal. Now, if Rutherford can't get another D-man of consequence, and if Hunwick continues to struggle, uh, Matt Hunwick, who was on the ice for four of six goals allowed against Florida, they might turn to Chad Ruido. Brian Dumoulin says the depth can get it done on the blue line for the black and gold. Right now, you look at guys uh, like Rudy haven't been playing, but he's when he's come in the, into the lineup for us, he's done a great job, and he's a guy that can play, and he's played for us a lot last year and this year too, so... I mean, we have confidence in our group. We know if time comes that all of us can get the job done. And Broussard, everybody's hoping, should be able to play, or they hope can play against Jersey tomorrow. I feel like it was easier getting Malkin here from <laughs> Russia when he first arrived as yeah. opposed to Broussard. The thing that was most impressive to me about this move is the number one concern was the cap hit. And somehow, they ended up not spending much money at all. They have more, even By more sending cap. Reeves. It's cra- they got Vegas to pick up 40% of his contract. And that's what Rutherford said in one of Jason Mackey's stories about Hornquist next year. There's panic in the streets that Hornquist won't be able to be signed, but I still they got think, the money to I still him. think they can do it. I, I still think they can get it. Now, he might not want to stay at this point. He'd probably get longer term and more money elsewhere. Right. But I think it's conceivable. I, I wouldn't rule out next or for next year as of yet anyway. Uh, Pittsburgh, not the only team willing and dealing. Bruins got Rick Nash, Leafs got Thomas Placanek, and the Blue Jackets got Mark Letestu. Ian Cole may be spun off to another team before the day is out in Ottawa. Injury news, Val Porter out two to three weeks. She has a bertation on her cranium. She does have a bertation. <laughs> <laughs> that thing's... Did you see that? I didn't get a good look Lump- at it yet. Oh, good man. Lord. Yeah. It's, it's bordering on horn. Level. Will Smith will be doing a movie about it sometime soon? Yes. Yeah. Football trade talk. Martavis Bryant on the move. Uh, maybe. According to NFL Network, the Steelers are being approached by multiple teams about Bryant. ESPN had a story that Buffalo was trying to get Bryant earlier in the year back when Bryant was grousing. They may circle back again. Speculation about Green Bay, Miami, Washington also out there. I'd advance Chicago potentially. But Bryant says he wants to make things better here. Next year could be even better. I mean, you know, it's my first year back in a, in a year so. Uh... You know, just keep developing and keep getting better. And uh, next year, it'll be even more. So, uh, you know, guys got to um, get better in all season. Just get ready for another year next year. And one guarantee I can make for you from college basketball, I can guarantee you that Pitt will only lose one more ACC game because they only have one left. <laughs> Unreal. Notre Dame, Wednesday, they're 0-17 in conference play after a 66-37 loss on Saturday. They didn't make a two-pointer until the second half. Only one field goal in the first half, a three. Uh, they only had seven points at halftime. 
I got to play that little soundbite from Kevin Stallings again, summing up the whole season in three seconds. I knew when I took the job that this was going to be a hard year. I didn't know it was going to be this hard. Uh, no one did. How could you predict something like this? They should have fired him before they got back. Uh, you know, in the locker room, you, uh, you got to get rid of him. They should have had one of the fans <laughs> remaining in the stands coach the team and just prorate the salary for waiting out that long. Yeah, he's been the fan. mascot. Uh, also, I got a text. Seven points at halftime. Seven at halftime. Like we said, they had 21 against UVA at halftime in football. Disgusting. Um, I also got a text from a friend of mine who's listening online out west and is wondering, since I gave curling updates last hour, am I going to give the cornhole results on ESPN2 last night? They played cornhole? They had cornhole. The Johnson Bratz Cornhole Championships on ESPN2. There's a pro league? There's a pro league. The American, American Association of Cornhole, I believe. Ryan Windsor stands as your leader with 3,510 points. David Morse, probably the same one from the Green Mile and St. Elsewhere, is in second place with uh, 34,119. He was the killer, wasn't he? Oh, no, he wasn't. He was the one they thought was the killer on St. Elsewhere, and it wasn't him. Right, yes, exactly. It was Peter. But, yeah, so, like, you laugh at... Spoiler alert, man. ESPN ate the Ocho with Dodgeball. Oh, yeah. Only how to get to ESPN2 for Cornhole. Yeah, you might have too many ESPNs. You should see the guys who compete. Do. One of them looks exactly like me, like skinny and scrawny. And then if you can picture the opposite of me, that was his opponent. It was like, you know, the old Sega video game for hockey. Fat yeah, guy, medium yeah. guy, skinny guy. It was fat guy against Scott. Oh, that's hilarious. Yes, exactly. That was one of my favorite games. Val, what do you got coming up? A fat guy. There is a Prince cookbook coming out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it coming up. Um, when we come back. Recipe jo- formerly known as pasta. Josh Yowie from when the Athletic. Talking pens. <laughs> Gino's been on fire. And uh, what does the loss of Ryanries mean for them, too? Because no one's really talked about the fact that uh, we aren't talking about the fact that, well, what if uh, some of the, the Dubinsky's and the whatnots come out and start giving Sid what for? Who's going to step up for him? Jump out of the press box and beat him up if he was a healthy scratch that night. Yeah. <laughs> Intimidate him at the bus. That's right. Yeah. I saw him. I would have been intimidated. Something. It is the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman welcoming Josh Yoey from The Athletic to the show this morning. Good morning, Josh. How are you, man? Good, Randy. How are you? Doing good. Tell me about The Athletic. How are you liking it there? Uh, you know what? It's been great. Um, the bosses treat me well. They leave me alone otherwise, which is all you yeah. can ask for from a boss. Did they ever um, tell you how good your boobs will look on Channel 11? <laughs> Um, not yet. I'm assuming that'll happen. Well, pick it up, dude. Pick it up. I mean, (laughs) start showing them what you got. Yeah. Grab a push-up bra. I don't know. Strive for that compliment. Uh, (laughs) Josh Yowie with us, uh, talking about the Penguins, who, of course, made the big trade for Derek Broussard over the weekend. But Reeves leaves the team in that trade in order to make that all happen, along with Ian Cole. But, you know, we talked about what Cole brought to the team last hour with Jason Mackey. Reeves' exit, uh... Some not too, you know, uh, worried about what he brought to the table not being there anymore, but does this spell open season on Sid now going forward? I think Sid's a little concerned about it. Um, I know a lot of people looked at Ryan Reeves and said, eh, he's not that good of a player. He doesn't really fit in with what the Penguins do. And I I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I always told people this. uh, Ask Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin if they felt more comfortable with Ryan Reeves in the lineup. And they would emphatically tell you yes. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's worth something. And, you know, Jamie Alexiak might help a little bit in that regard. He's a big guy. Uh, he certainly isn't afraid to uh, drop the gloves he did so in Florida the other night. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it's something that is a concern, I think, against certain teams anyway, definitely. 
and well, as you get closer to the playoffs, I mean, less and less of a concern once you get to the postseason. But certainly to that point, you know, I, it, it scares me that you could have a target on your star's head without anybody there to uh, discourage somebody from taking shots. <laughs> but who knows? Plenty of time left in uh, Jim Rutherford standards here before the trade deadline this afternoon. Still trying to acquire D. Who's most likely on the, the, the chopping block here should the Penguins make a move for another defenseman? Well, it's very interesting. I, I don't see the Penguins trading many players off of their roster right now. Uh, mm. Connor Sherry is a guy who, if they could move, they probably would. He's got four goals in his last 40 games. He's really struggling. He makes $3 million a year, which, which gives them problems in regards to the salary cap. Mm. But uh, it's most likely that Jim will move draft picks more than anything. Uh, Jim's 69 years old. He doesn't worry about the future right now. Why would he? I mean, right. he wants to win a third cup in a row. That That's the primary concern. And the funny thing is, guys, the Penguins are actually in better salary cap shape right now than they were before the Broussard trade because Vegas is picking up 40% of that salary. Reeves and Cole are off the books. So they have the flexibility to make a move or two today, and I believe they will. How did they end up in a better cap situation after like how, incredible. how good of a situation were they going to be in with the original trade that Bettman knocked down well actually it, he may have helped um, you know Ryan Reeves is only in Vegas because it was pretty clear that Vegas was doing the Penguins a favor and the pen the league said wait a second this doesn't look so good uh, you guys are taking you know two million of Broussard's salary the next two years just for the heck of it mm-hmm. and I really think it goes back to last season um, the Penguins did Vegas one heck of a favor by basically saving Mark Andre Fleury for them and making sure they could take him in the in the expansion draft the way things worked out. And right. I really think, and a lot of people in the Penguins organization have told me that this was George McPhee in Vegas's way of saying, "Hey, we got the best record in the league now because of Fleury, so uh, we're going to help you guys out a little bit." That's just kind of the way it worked. Okay. All right. So Gino has been on fire. You wrote about it in the Athletic yesterday. Uh, if you could talk a little bit about what his last couple of months have encapsulated and where is he in your mind in the Hart, uh, Ross, Richard trophy standings? Well, he's got 22 goals in his last 21 games. Uh, <laughs> this is an unbelievable terror he is on. Um, he might win the Hart trophy for MVP. I have a vote, and if I voted today, I'd probably give it to him now. Do I think he's going to win it? No, I don't, because you know playing on a team with Crosby and Kessel is always going to hurt him. Um, right. and that's not fair, but there's not a better player in the league right now. And since January 1st, he has been by far the best player in the league. And I give Mike Sullivan a little bit of credit for this. He wanted Malkin to shoot the puck more, so he put him on a line with Hagelin and Hornquist, who are very effective players, but they're not guys who really create their own offense. And it forces Malkin to be a shot-first guy. And, well, I give the head coach credit because that's what he wanted. And who could blame him with the way he's playing right now? He, we haven't seen this version of Balkan in a really long time. Uh, even when he's playing with Crosby and Kessel, he's sticking out right now. He's just in a different galaxy. And, and Josh, it's like the old saying goes, a, a rising Russian raises all line mates. I mean, Haglin is playing incredible, too, now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I haven't heard that saying in a while, but I like it. <laughs> and um, No, Haglin, it's amazing. They probably would have done anything to trade Haglin in December. The guy's making $4 million a year. He was awful in the first half, and, and now he's one of their most indispensable players. And I don't know if it's because of Malkin or not, but I know Malkin's helping, and you can't separate those two now. You have to leave Haglund on his line, and Haglund's great with Malkin because Gino doesn't like to concern himself too much with defense and things of that <laughs> nature, especially not in the regular season. So Haglund does all the dirty work. It's like Bob Airy did for Mario 30 years ago, just 
you know, go to the corners, do all the dirty work with yeah. the defense, and let the big guys score all the goals. Yeah. Uh, Matt Cullen, talk about bringing him back. It's got some people kind of scratching their heads. Some Penguin fans are going, what are you doing? We need defense. We don't need Cullen. Is it possible the Penguins are overestimating the potential contribution from Matt Cullen? Well, I guess it's possible, but, um, you know, it's funny. A lot of uh, people on Twitter have said to me in the last 24 hours, you're just pushing for this because you like Cullen. Like, I do like Cullen. He's the greatest guy ever. But, no, the, the general manager might, might like Cullen even more than I do. Um, I don't know that Cullen's been made available. In fact, I don't think he has, although, obviously, for a price he'll be available. Yeah. Jim Rutherford just adores him. He wants him in the locker room just for his presence. And the thing about Cullen, he can play left wing, too. And the Penguins are still a little short of left wing, especially with Sherry's struggles. Um, Riley Shane can play wing also. And Colin likes the or Rutherford rather loves the idea of having guys who can play multiple positions who they can kind of mix and match on the third and fourth lines. Um, I don't know that they can get Cullen, but I promise you Rutherford's going to make the call today. He really wants to bring him back. You know, if he's not available, he hasn't been made available, is it possible GM, JR, will offer some sort of indecent proposal? Um, I'm getting that feeling at this point. Yeah, it's getting down Uh, to that, right? Yeah, it's, it's a it's a Woody line. Harrelson to be more type of situation here. <laughs> I think it is. Listen, Jim's sixty nine years old. I mean, listen, the, the guy doesn't care anymore. He just wants to do what he has to do in the short term. No, he so lets I, it all yeah. hang out. Oh no, I guarantee you, he's making yeah. the last trade in a bathrobe with no underwear on today. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I would hope uh, Penguins TV will have some kind of video of this for all of us. I don't know why they wouldn't. <laughs> Josh Yoey from the Athletic. Make sure you uh, log on, subscribe, and check it out. Uh, Continued success, and we talk to you soon. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, great uh, stuff, man. Uh, we'll see you. That's uh, Josh Yowie from The Athletic. I like The Athletic. I think it's cool. Val, what do you got coming up? We're going to talk a little bit about the Prince Cookbook that's coming out. Also, Geno Smith, quarterback, Jets, West Virginia, etc. Where's he yeah. with now? The Giants? Uh, he has joined the cavalcade of professional athletes who are flat earthers. <laughs> This In is other words, dumb athletes. <laughs> Central 11. It's 40 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Sport Clips. Michelle Obama is releasing a memoir, Penguin Random House Publishing Company announced yesterday. The former First Lady's own biography titled Becoming will hit shelves in November. Obama will also set off on an international tour in support of the book. She said it will be about her Chicago roots and how she has used her voice to empower others. Now that recreational weed is legal in Nevada, McCarran International Airport in Las Vegas now has marijuana disposal bins which allow passengers to discard their weed before flights. Smart. 13 Brilliant. green receptacles have been bolted to the ground. <laughs> Probably a good idea. In uh, high traffic areas outside the airport and around the car rental area, the idea is to dump your leftover weed in one of those quote-unquote amnesty boxes before possibly committing a crime by bringing it into the airport and into your home state. I think that they should resell it to people coming in to the state (laughs) at a discount. It's like the bargain bin weed. This is a great idea by you. Slightly used. Well, you could probably just go to the arrivals and be like, who need weed? Hey. Anybody looking to cop? Well, I know buddies on that my have way out. got pretty nervous in the line at Denver International because there's dogs sniffing for explosives. and But you don't know if they're explosive dogs or if they're weed dogs. 
And then they're like sitting there going, oh, man, did I get everything out of my bag? Are those gummy bears still in there? Or- they're, they're just staring at the dog, and the dog looks over like, dude, I'm high too. I'm just here for <laughs> explosives. I'm a Denver lab. <laughs> it's cool, dude. Uh, this is a bizarre story. A 32-year-old woman named Shannon Martin was arrested for shoplifting last week in Texas while she was in the back of the police car. And I don't know how you do this. She intentionally pooped on the seat and buried her crack and crack pipe in the dookie. That's that's called nesting. Not, <laughs> not only that, she also yeah. hit a Valentine's Day card in there. I, uh, wow. How much poop was there? What yeah. Is, is she, this the... Uh, the she poop like a water buffalo? How much is back there? <laughs> I mean, shit, that's impressive. Uh, it's like a cow pie. Her efforts did fail. Police found the drugs in the card, and she was charged with tampering with evidence and possession of a controlled substance. Why was on the she one a- hand, we're really upset, but on the other hand, thank you for the card. That was really nice. Why did she feel the need to hide the card? Well, she <laughs> shoplifted it. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> oh. Imagine if she got away with it. <laughs> you think she still would have sent the card? <laughs> yep. With the crack pipe in it. Oh, God. She goes to smoke a chocolate later. She's like, oh, no. I, If my chocolate... No! <laughs> uh, Bill, do you guys hide the good snacks at your house? That my wife hides them from me, yes. Well, two-thirds of moms say they do hide the really good snacks from yes. their kids and their significant other. Yeah, of course. The most yeah. common snacks they're hiding are chips, candy, cookies, huh. fruit, nuts, popcorn, crackers, ice cream, yogurt, and pretzels. Now, uh, they- I am like a ninja scavenger. When I get hungry in the middle of the night, I'll find it. I guess I, I was wondering how you hide ice cream and yogurt. I guess you just have to bury it under other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You poop and, and then you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's multiple different freezers. Like, you know, for us, we have like a basement um, freezer, freezer that's right off the garage. Sometimes it'll be down there hidden behind some pizza boxes. <laughs> I know her tricks. She She's going to have to find new hiding spaces. I can't hide anything for myself. I lose things. Yeah. But I can't hide it. But I can put them in places where it's hard to get. <laughs> so From you yourself? Yeah. In the middle of the night when you get No, but you ever do something where you're like, it makes it like, uh, there's just a reminder, just one little thing between you and that snack that like, yeah. all right, I don't- You don't want really, it to be readily available. Yeah. Like, even if you put like, piled a bunch of frozen vegetable bags on top of it, so you knew like, all right, I know where it is, but the reason it's all the way down there- because I probably shouldn't be eating this. Eat I've got a healthy eat my way to it. Yeah, there's that too. You could, I guess you could always do that. Prince fans are going to have yet another way to remember the late artist when a Prince-inspired cookbook arrives this spring. <laughs> Little Red Velvet will have... Uh, uh, there we go. Uh, see what they did there. Any number of references to the late artist's music in plenty of baked goods-themed puns. Starting with its title, others include... Now, this is a dumb one. Raspberry Beret Tarts. Why didn't they do Raspberry Beignets? Raspberry Beignets. (laughs) I like that. Darling Sticky Toffee Pudding. No. 
Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Wrong. I don't want to think Especially about considering what that song is about. Oh, darling. It's just like you get throat chlamydia eating that. <laughs> the book is currently available for pre order, but sticky. will be available oh. everywhere April 21st. That's the second anniversary of Prince's death. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to this thing called spice. <laughs> oh, this, this tastes weird. What is this? That's dove. Yeah. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have cooked that. They cried a lot. They cried so much before I <laughs> murdered them for your lunch. Neil Young's next archival release will be Roxy Tonight's The Night Live, recorded in September 1973 yeah. at the Roxy in L.A. It contains the live debuts of nine songs from his 1975 album Tonight's The Night. Writing on his online newspaper, he explained, We really knew the Tonight's The Night songs after playing them for a month in the studio, so we just played them again. The album, top to bottom, without mm. the added songs. Two sets a night for a few days. We had a great time. Live disc will be available as a special two LP vinyl set for Record Store Day, April 21st. The standard vinyl, CD, and digital versions will follow on April 27th. I just have this image of Neil Young just creaking like a house, like all the just sitting there going, ah, (laughs) ah, (laughs) just emitting noises from his mouth. <laughs> and finally, this morning. Oh, yes. Metallica coming back to town. It's a poorly kept secret, but uh, yeah. that show going to be October 18th at PPG Paints Arena. General tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. Fan club pre-sale starts tomorrow. Nice. If you're a legacy member, it's 9 a.m. local time and fifth member pre-sales at 11 a.m. local time tomorrow. So general uh, general ticket sales this Friday, March 2nd at 10 a.m. Metallica, October 18th at PPG Paints Arena. Love it. Oh, it's going to be awesome. So waiting for these guys to come back. How does that feel to say that? PPG Paints Arena. Ah, too many ah, too many ahs. Forecast today: sunny, low fifties, low thirties overnight tonight. It is 38 degrees at DB. So now, I love this guitar riff. It just feels like a tank just running stuff over. <laughs> I feel like Phil Bork's gonna start talking hockey. How psyched are you for that, Val? Oh, I'm so excited. I can't, it's been a long time since they've been here. Uh, you already banged your head today. so <laughs> In preparation. Some, yeah, you were so excited. You started banging your head early. Yeah. Maybe that was why, Val. Maybe. Geno Smith, quarterback, New York Giants, tweeted this Friday. I've been studying this whole flat earth versus globe thing, and I think I may be with Kyrie on this. Talking about Kyrie Irving, who, along with... Uh, Draymond Green, Shaq, and a host of other NBA players. They think the earth is flat. So Geno Smith now says... I think they hit their head, too. I've been studying this whole thing. I think I'm a flat earther now. And then he says, before you judge, what do you guys think? He says, do some homework. What do you guys think? And then the the comments are just hilarious. The replies are just so so great. Dude, did you ever do your homework? Uh, just amazing. But do it, your homework. It reminded me of when we talked with conspiracy theorist Jesse 
Ventura about Flat Earth. Uh, well, the Flat Earth phenomenon. This is Jesse Ventura. Hi, Jesse. Off the grid with Jesse. Yeah. former governor of the great state of Minnesota and two-time WWF heavyweight champion, mm-hmm. author of several books yep. and star of the one-man play yes. entitled Ventura My Way, yeah, we which know. was a critical <laughs> darling, I might add. Yeah, I, was, was, was Ventura My Way, was that on uh, Broadway? No, no, I didn't conform to big theater, thank you very much. I went no. where the real theater is happening. Where's that? In a vacant parking lot. Of an abandoned farm or in Tucumcari, New Mexico, <laughs> to rave reviews from the Albuquerque VFW newsletter, I might add. All right, well, Jesse, we wanted to ask you about the resurgence in flat earth conspiracy theories as of late. It's preposterous. Uh, thank you. It's absolutely absurd to think the earth is flat. Complete nonsense. The earth is not. I repeat, the earth is not flat. Exactly. It's a rhombus. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, the earth is a rhombus. That's just a fact. Je- Jesse, the earth is round. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's just what the lamestream media wants you to believe. Ask anybody who studied the findings of Ferdinand Magellan's journal entry. Oh, and you've read them? Oh, yeah, several times. Several <laughs> well, times. No, I don't know. At about the halfway point in his journey, he writes about a meeting at sea with his astronomers and geographers where he told them, Hey, guys, I'm thinking rhombus. That's not true. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Scroll through it yourself. Three quarters through the journey, he writes, and I quote, Measuring the angle of the moon in the sky. Mathematics point me towards sphere. But Ferdy don't play that. Still lean in rhombus. He didn't say Ferdy don't play that. Or still lean in rhombus. Leaning rhombus was, of course, rhombus humor because a rhombus leans or tilts, which is what the earth does on its axis. It tilts because it's a rhombus. A rhombus doesn't have to lean or tilt. A square can be a rhombus. I think you're a rhombus. I think you're a flaming rhombus. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Sorry, my feather boa is getting cut. <laughs> why, though? Why would anyone go to such great lengths to perpetuate the, uh, a round earth hoax? Because Big Globe is making sure it happens. That's big, why. Big Globe? <laughs> As in the companies that make and sell? Globes, yeah. <laughs> they know that no one will buy a spinning rhombus with jagged edges. They can poke out eyes, which the ensuing lawsuits would cripple our education system. What? Little Timmy in fourth grade suffered retina damage. There goes the gymnasium funding what? and the big sale money. So they make the globes round and smooth so kids can better understand them. And then, uh, yeah. Starting to sound pretty crazy as you're saying out loud, doesn't it? Yeah, I got to admit, this played a lot better when I workshopped it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I might be suffering side effects of the chemtrails in the sky. Everyone knows the government is yeah, spewing chemical mind-altering right. drugs from the backs of those jets, and I think I need a nap now. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's starting to feel more like a collapse than a nap, so I'm just going <laughs> to nip this one a button. Uh, okay. okay, all right. Thanks, Jesse. Okay, before I go, the, the, the pyramids are... <laughs> No, no. Aliens use them as GPS. All right. All right. DVE Sports. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta out today. Tim Benz in for Mike. NHL trade deadline today. And the Penguins may not be done, even though they already acquired Derek Broussard on Friday. Post-Gazette reporting that Matt Cullen may still be in play. Jason Mackey, who was on with us earlier today, writes that the Pens may reacquire Cullen as a wing. Others, myself included, like to see Pittsburgh pick up another defenseman since Ian Cole was moved off to Ottawa. 
Jim Rutherford discussed that possibility, needing to bolster the blue line after the Pens won on the road Friday in Carolina. It's not as good when you take an Ian Cole out, but when you look at the seven guys here, we like them. We like them a lot. And and we have some guys, albeit a few of them are hurt now in Wilkesbury, but you know our organization feels pretty strong that we have probably three or four guys there that can come in and play. So so we're comfortable with doing this. First-year Penguin Jamie Alexiak says there are already plenty of good D-men in place. Having that depth is, is huge, and I think we got a bunch of anyone can really step in the lineup and play a big role. And, and I think um, you know Colsey proved it, and Hani proved it, and. Um, you know, we're kind of fortunate in that aspect. We're having so many good, uh, so many good team men that can put so much, you know, different variety and can bring different things to the team. Whoever gets acquired may play with Alexiak if Matt Hunwick doesn't work out. Hunwick was on the ice during four of Florida's six goals en route to a 6-5 Panther win on Friday. Pittsburgh next plays New Jersey on Tuesday. The hope is that Broussard will be able to play, but immigration issues may prevent that. Elsewhere in the NHL, other trades taking place include Rick Nash to Boston, Thomas Placanek to the Leafs, and Mark Letestu goes to Columbus. Speaking of trades, Martavis Bryant may be on the move. Rumors persist that the Steelers are listening to offers for the oft-troubled wide receiver from Ben Roethlisberger. Pittsburgh's other big-name receiver, Antonio Brown, named Offensive Player of the Year by the NFL 100. Pitt lost over the weekend to number one ranked Virginia, 66 to 37. It was 30 to seven at halftime. Pitt didn't make a two-point field goal until the second half. One of its first 22 from the floor. Kevin Stallings tries to explain. I thought we had like a deer in the headlights look in the first half, and I didn't anticipate that. I didn't. I, I, I didn't. hadn't seen that. I hadn't felt that. I didn't think that. Um, I mean. Gosh, if anything, we, I mean, we, we don't have anything to lose. It's, it, we, should, we should just throw caution to the wind and play. And lastly, one other hockey note. Congrats to Stoneman Douglas, the Eagles. They won the Florida State Hockey Championship 7-4 just 11 days after that shooting, which claimed 17 lives at their high school. That's DVE Sports. I'm Tim Benz, in for Mike Pursuta. DVE Morning Show. You know, um... Artie Lang is in the hospital. He tweeted this out. I went to the hospital to get my blood sugar under control. I'm out to go to work. I missed too many days, and I insisted. My blood pressure is way up. I got to go back tonight till it's down. I'm paying for an unhealthy life. When the medication is right, I'll be fine. So don't worry, but when a doctor says I'm in danger of a stroke, unless I change everything I do, I get insanely scared. I hate the hospital, but they said if I don't go back, they refuse to treat me. I will do this, guys. I hope so. And, uh, I mean, anybody that knows Artie Lang knows that he is very open about his struggles, and uh, yep. we, we talked to him last year about it. There's no way to lead a normal life and, and, and be a performer and have those highs. Right. There's no way. If you ever experience going on stage and... And get laughs like that. There really is nothing you could do. Like you know, if you if you kill uh, in front of a big crowd, you can't just go home and uh, you know watch entertainment tonight. Have a have a coffee, go sleep. Right? <laughs> yeah, <you> know, <laughs> people have a green tea. One, one one time, I was trying to get off a of heroin, and this guy sent me to a trainer, and the trainer uh, saw me in the, in the middle. I kept stopping him uh, in the middle of my squat thrusts or something. <laughs> and he he goes, "What's your what's the matter?" You know, I go, "Dude, I can't stop thinking about heroin." And he, he actually said this to me. I wanted to punch him in the face. He goes, uh, you know, a runner's high is just as good as a heroin high. 
And, uh, I said, really, have you done heroin? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, he said, no. And I said, well, you're not qualified to be in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. I said, I've done both. I've done heroin on occasion. I've run. And I got to tell you, it's not even close. <laughs> well, that's the thing that always terrified me about heroin is I figured it must be awesome. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, it, yeah the problem with heroin is trying to figure is it, it, it's, uh, it's too good of a product. The people that... Make it and manufacture it. Too good at their jobs. Like the, the the awful people who make like those Kardashian blouses. If they made heroin, no, no one would like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and then it always thought like when I was younger, I thought that was something. You, oh, you only shoot heroin. And then when I got older, and I was like, you know, hanging around musicians, and I saw guys that were like hooked on, then they were snorting it and stuff. And then it became something where it was like it was everywhere. It was in the suburbs, and yeah. it was previous to that. I was like, oh, you got to be John Coltrane to do heroin. <laughs> Right, you got to know how to play the trumpet. Right. Uh, no, I, I, that's why I would tell any people talking about what they should say to kids. I would say, you know, if you're going to experiment with a drug getting high, just, tr just if you got to do it, just stay a hell away from anything but uh, opiates. Just stay away from opiates because they become a part of you. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you have to have it like oxygen, which yeah. means you can't travel. You know, you, every, your life gets completely affected because every four hours you need it, and it's not legal, so it, it's a complete. Absolutely hell, you know. So if you yeah. try to scare kids like that, uh, you know, and then, or that, or show them a picture of Keith Richards. Yeah, Artie. Man. Been struggling for every, you know, he, he's been featured in the Pete Holmes HBO show Crashing, and that seems to have rejuvenated him. It's so good, and he's so good in it. And um, but also, like the episode last week dealt primarily with Artie's addiction. Yeah. And I I get worried. I Powerful. don't know if that is good or bad for him. If, like, in a weird way, I wonder if being so open about his addiction enables him to continue doing it because there are no social ramifications from it. I don't know if there would be any way for him to to get better you know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that that has necessarily any detrimental effect beyond his addiction, which You're is primarily right, the, yeah. the beast on his on his back. Well, get better, Artie. So we want to see you back in the Berg soon. He's the funniest guy. He's got such a great heart. He's really cool. He's um, a, yeah, he's a good dude. And that episode, I, I highly recommend. I mean, the way that the honesty that he came with in that episode just blew me away. Yeah, and I think it would steer people away from ever wanting to go down that path. Like, he talks about going back. He's like, look, I mean, all the times I've done heroin, whatever, I would just go back to that first time and shake that arty and be like, what are don't do this. Because once you do it, then, you've, then you're chasing the dragon for the rest of your life. All right, get well soon, arty. All right, quick break. We're coming back, and uh, Tim Banz will give us a quick sp sports update. Filling in for Pursuta this morning on DV. It's the DBE Morning Show, and well, the 2018 Olympic Games have come to a close. We got a lot of, uh, well, a couple more medals in the last couple of days. Our men's curling team won gold over the weekend. U.S. snowboarder Kyle Mack took silver in the men's big air. Gold medal curling match was pretty exciting for curling anyways. The U.S. and Sweden were tied till we scored five points in a single round near the end. That means five of our eight stones stayed on a target and counted, Val. That curling is exciting. If you're into it or you're or if you're playing it. Like bowling. Yeah, maybe. 
Like I don't I don't see a huge crowd. But for there's that. more strategy to curling than bowling. Nor- like you can't throw a ball and knock the other guy his ball when he throws it down That's the right. alley. And it's a team sport, unlike bowling. Although you can be on a bowling team, but mm-hmm. I mean just mean each stone you're uh you're helping each other the out. The team contributes to each throw. Norway won the most medals. 39, Germany had 31, Canada 29, U.S. just 23, Netherlands in fifth with 20. In 2014, we won 20 or 28 medals, and we won 37 in 2010, which was the record until Norway took it over, which is unfair because that, you know, all those cross-country skiing things. It's, it's they, like how, they're stacking wins. It's like how they get around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like Careful. us getting the golden Ubering. <laughs> Isn't it's, that how Katie Curry got in trouble? She uh, did. Katie Curry got in trouble. Katie Curry got in trouble because she said the Dutch are good at skating because they used to, you know, they skate on the ponds or in the, the canals. canals when they freeze over. And then everybody was quick to point out that it's one of the more modern cities in Europe and they're not a bunch of, you know, put the finger in the dyke Dutch boy kind of thing, you know? It's not the old school. Hey, hey, hey. Wait. Hold not on. Your, we ain't uh, your old school Dutch boy. I don't, I don't know what you heard. You ain't been around a while. Maybe they didn't come over there and tell you. We don't make clogs no more. (laughs) Now go grab your wood box. Uh, In the end, we won nine gold medals, eight silver, six bronze. Our best sport was snowboarding. We won seven, four gold. We also won four medals in freestyle skiing, three in alpine, and one in cross country. I think for the Winter Olympics especially, but for all the Olympics in general, the stars of the sports sell it more than anything. Mm-hmm. And yes. if if you don't know, if there's not that Sean White, Lindsey Vaughn type of, of uh, athlete in that sport, you really have to do the work. I mean, they do great work building up these stories and human interest and all that, but it takes a lot of work and it can get away from you if you're not on it in the beginning. We took gold in women's hockey. Uh in curling, as I said, silvers in bobsled, luge in short track, a bronze in speed skating, and two bronze medals in figure skating. The women did slightly better than the men this year, winning 12 of 23 medals, including five gold. The men won nine medals, including four gold. We also won two bronze medals in pairs figure skating, which had both men and women. Um, I think it was an interesting strategy those two Canadians employed. They've known each other for 20 years, and they swear their relationship is not sexual. <laughs> and, you know, it's like a fighter doesn't want to have sex before the fight. Yeah. Like, these guys don't want to have sex ever because it helps build up the passion for their performances. But, God, at this point, I mean, they're they're basically dry-humping each other on the ice. <laughs> they're so horny. I know. This foreplay has lasted way too long. Just, God. Is I this mean, their did last you see where Olympics? he hung the medal for crying out loud? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. If this is their last Olympics, they should just... Start consummate their relationship. Take advantage of those free condoms in the Olympic Village. Individual U.S. standouts this year: Jamie Anderson, snowboarder, skier; Michaela Schifrin, who's she's a star, stud. Uh, they won gold and silver. Brother and sister figure skaters Alex and Maya Shubatani. Only two world records were broken this year, both in speed skating. Another twenty-three Olympics uh, records fell. Seventeen of them in speed skating. The other six were in figure skating. Speed skating is dumb. I'm sorry. Why? I like it's, speed it's skating. It's just dumb. It's dumb. Uh, so much of it's dumb. They all have legs like tree trunks. I mean, you know, they're they're. It's impressive, I guess, on some level. But 
for the most part, when you watch it, it's just it's stupid. Pittsburgher won a silver medal in speed skating. Yep. It's not dumb. You're dumb. <laughs> just because we won. Yeah. All right. I, I like had to rethink the, uh, this. Is it the biathlon where they ski and shoot? Ski and shoot, yeah. I like that. I was Pretty watching cool, right? one of the cross-country events yesterday, and the girl went the wrong way. I'm like, <laughs> this sport happen? stinks. What, how can you go the wrong way? Oops. I didn't watch the closing ceremonies at all. We played the clip of the guitar player kid who was shredding. Oh, it was really cool. They always are. They, they spend they so much money, and... though. So much money on those. You would have dug it. it. There was like some psychedelic stuff going on. I feel like they're all basically the same. U.S. women's Pretty figure skater uh, Mirai Nagasu is sorry for a bizarre interview she gave after struggling through a performance. She said, quote, I feel really, really awful about the things I said. I feel bad that people think I was throwing my teammates under the bus because I never wanted to come off that way. Well, why did she come off that way? Because, among other things, she said that she punted the free skate intentionally so she could audition for Dancing with the Stars. Which makes zero sense. She said, quote, I smiled in the middle of my program, which is very rare for me. I thought of this as my audition for Dancing with the Stars. I'd like to be on a Dancing with the Stars because I want to be a star. Hey, Dunce, win a medal and, uh, you know, <laughs> they might invite you. Yeah, yeah, what a, calling. yeah how does that affect? I, they would she's want so you stupid. more if you won a medal, I would think. Maybe she did win a medal. I'm like, she's so stupid. I don't know nothing about her. She's, people are like, dude, she she's won She's the biggest moron. She, You know what? She does a lot for the poor and there's no way that she does if she said something that completely off base i refuse to believe that she has any goodwill because <laughs> she's only thinking about herself i want to be on dancing with the stars by the way sports update ian cole just got traded again to the columbus blue jackets no Cole's way. just jumping around for real that sucks he's plinkoing at this point Everybody, there, there was talk that somehow, who was it saying uh, this morning? Was it Mackey saying, you know, there's a scenario where Cole could end up back here. I guess that's out we the window. We do need a defenseman. <laughs> I guess that's out the window. Uh, Colsey's got to go from playing for Sullivan to playing for his mentor who hates him. Torts. All right. Well, good luck to uh, Ian Cole. I, I don't know who we're going to get to uh, replace him, but look for GMJR to make a move soon. Thanks to Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette, Josh Yoey from The Athletic for talking Penguins with us. Tomorrow on the show, Billy Gardell will be joining us once again, and a special thank you to everybody that made the Polar Plunge such a huge success. We set a record this year for number of jumpers and money raised. That's so awesome. $430,000 raised this past Saturday wow. for Special Olympics in Pennsylvania. That is awesome. 1,126 jumpers, all-time high number. So congrats to uh, everyone at Special Olympics and especially law enforcement of Western Pennsylvania, Chief Schubert, Pittsburgh Police, uh, Chief uh, uh, Porter from the Port Authority, Chief Flower from Mount Lebanon, and so many other ones that were out there. Like it was, it was incredible how much Chief Schubert I think raised forty-two grand so, on yeah, his own. Yeah. Chief Schubert lighting the path. So thanks to him for that. And uh, congrats to Sean Casey for having his big uh, gig Friday night. That yeah, it's awesome. Hey, he's such a great guy, man. I mean, he just does such good work, and he's so grateful to everybody. Just listening to him speak about those kids and, and what the event is raising money for, which is the Miracle League of South Hills, 
was uh, it was a, a privilege to be a part of the event. And Case is hilarious and just fun. No doubt about it. All right. Looks like a nice day on Tapal. Yeah, spring-like temperatures, sunny, low 50s. All right, Michelle Michaels coming up next with the electric lunch at noon. We're out of here. See you. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him done, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.